Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we're bringing you four awesome indie game news stories before, of course, we hop in to News Clam, where we've got... News some- Clam? Sweet, I I don't know. Fucking news clap news these cheeks. Like I don't fucking oh, know what I just is said. Is that the dude. new name? Yeah, Give me that news clap. <laughs> just clap me it's up. It's fries day up in here. Okay, peeps. I so, wish. of course, we're gonna hop into some quick news stories, some new deals and quick steals, and new stuff, and of course, God bless the crowd. Answer your listeners' questions, and more than likely mess up even more because i am sleep deprived today okay if you didn't notice i said listeners questions they're which listeners is in a and sense, they have questions damn it it yeah, makes sense it's, it's okay it, in a certain light it makes sense but in reality i'm a little dumb dumb and i need to sleep more often so big why are you so sleep deprived Okay, so, well, let's get one, into uh, it. Let's, let's, let, me, let me do something. But before we get into any of that, All let right. me introduce myself, Von Hyde, alongside the illustrious, this is the most amazing, the most kissable, biggest of average, a Josh Boys. How you doing today, Big Josh Boy? I'm doing good, man. You are tongue tied today. I fucking, uh, I know. Okay. I'm pretty sure I just said, How are you doing today? I don't to know why. I didn't mean to say that, but I'm pretty sure I just did. I like to think I'm pretty nice to the gays. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I'd like to hear more about you, though. Why so sleep deprived? No, I mean, it's not even necessarily a good reason. So, yesterday, as of the time of recording this, we record on Sundays. Last night, I was playing some Dark Souls 2 on stream, got done at, like, midnight. Then I had to work on some homework, which I still have to do, like, today. But, uh, and it's due today, which I'm just, I'm so good at, I'm so good at school. Uh, but... So I had to do some homework, so I stayed up so I could do that, and then I also had to wake up early so that we should go. We could go look at houses. Uh, so just all of that combined made me get like less than five hours of sleep, and nice. I haven't haven't eaten anything today. You'll and the fine. only things I've consumed are a monster, uh, zero energy or zero sugar. No, I sure hope it's not zero energy. That would suck. And <laughs> what would the point be? The good old H2O, the agua, you know, mm-hmm. the well, thing that takes up 75% of your body or whatever it is. You know, I hope it's, listeners are, are ready. They better buckle up for this episode. Cause dude, they fucking gonna be, better. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I got something I need to share. Okay. Uh Oh, I starting I, off with some hot stuff here. I, some real hot stuff you have no idea actually how uh, how true that uh, that statement is so i realized today 
uh, of all days. It's actually been like a frequent thing. Okay. But I realized today and finally came to the just uh, the overall realization. I finally came to it. I was like, you know what? I think I have IBS. I'm pretty sure I've got irritable bowel syndrome. Like that it's got to be a thing. Yeah, and I like Morgan and I were talking about it and I think it's like because I, from what I understand, IBS is like it can be like stress induced and it's kind of interesting how uh, how prevalent it is in today's society with men. I mean, maybe we're just too inbred, you know? Maybe the United States too many too many, you know, Mm-hmm. Too many holes the same. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that fucking means, actually. I don't know. Uh, I'm just, I'm trying to hype you up. I'm trying to agree. We're crossing the streams, dude. And it. it's, yeah, it's happening too often. We're, we're just too inbred over here in the US of A. So I like, mm-hmm. every time we go to look at houses, I get so in my head about not wanting to burden Morgan or our realtor with me having to go to the bathroom that I essentially like, I go all mind over matter and make it to where I have to poop. Like every time, every time do you, we do go you to poop look at houses in the house that you're looking at. Do you go? No, I like, don't want to do me, that. I'd like to test out the uh, the seats here uh, and give it a whirl. I, see, we look at a lot of vacant houses, and I would love, I would legitimately love to do that. But one, like if they do have toilet, like a lot of them don't have toilet paper. But two, mm. also I would just feel so uncomfortable doing well, that. Like, first off, and t- that's rude. They should have toilet paper. I mean, yeah, I mean, the the market in like. Idaho, there's like so many people looking at houses that I can guarantee you, if I pooped in a house, five minutes later somebody would have to like smell my stink, which means that I might be able to get that fucking house. That's they might true. think it smells like doo like in pipes. the house. Their pipes yeah, are dude. nasty. They're like I they're just, stanky. I, I walk out and I'm just like, dude, that smell is in the carpet, bro. Like, I don't know what's up with that. Mm-hmm. It was here before we got here. So weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and my wife was just like, maybe I should start carrying like air freshener around when we go and look at houses. So you could do that. And I was like, yeah, and toilet paper. And uh, she was like. <laughs> She was like, I actually already have toilet paper like in my car, which is is for like nosebleeds and blowing your nose. But she's also the person who like poops get, her pants often. So why don't you just get <laughs> tissues? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh, clearly for a double purpose. Um, yeah, it's definitely yeah, for something know, else. Man. But it's like I'm I'm so afraid of this occurrence that I actually cause it. Like I I get so worked up that I'm like, oh god. I'm going to have to poop. Like, I'm going to have to go doo-doo. And I can't do it in one of these houses, so I got a plan. Where are we going to stop? I, I'm going to have to ask if we can stop at a fucking gas station. Like, that's going to be so uncomfortable. And uh, so I've had to do that twice now. I did it today, too, and it was super funny because our realtor, like, I was like, we were talking about going to houses, and I was like, you know, after we look at this house, because this person was taking for fucking ever to get out of the house. We showed up before they did, and then uh, they're like, "Oh, don't don't worry, we'll be real quick." We're like, their their agent was in the house, and yeah. they were like, "Oh, our our like, whatever fucking crony, the person buying the house possibly, was like around the corner," and uh-huh. he's like. We'll, we'll be in real quick. And I'm like, okay, dude, it takes us like five, ten minutes to look at a house. Like, yeah. we're, we're not fucking insane people. We're just like, okay, could we see ourselves living here? Cool. Is it fucked up? No. Awesome. Let's fucking do this. But this person gets there like five minutes later. They were just around the corner. It took forever for them to get here. And once they got in the house, they were in there for like a solid 20, 25 minutes. And I'm just like, check everything, man. 
Ah, check? Dude. You gotta flush them toilets. You gotta run the sink. Maybe I should be taking shits. I gotta check you everything. Should. I should be making check. sure that it can fucking How does it suck flush? down one of my turds. If you, yeah, if it gets stuck, <laughs> fucking leave. That'd be yeah. so funny. <laughs> so it comes over. There's a fat turd because the water isn't even on, and they're just like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> Like I had to test it. Was, we not the water only have to, this house. Yeah, we not only have to like fucking bring air freshener and toilet paper, but also like a fat bottle of water, so we yeah. could just like fill up the tank. Just to dump. But it. yeah, well, you could also bring. I mean, you could bring like doggy bags, and you could just be like, I just oh, poop I in my this, hand, dude. This fucking this dog just pooped in your house. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but. <laughs> So, like, I was sitting outside this house, and I got so worked up about it, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't poop in this house. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna have to tell our realtor what's going on. So I just, like, I was like, you know what? She was talking about going to other houses. <laughs> and I was like, I just straight up was like, okay, so, like, before we go to another house, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, I know we're already late for the next one because of these dickheads, but, like, we're going to be even more late because I, I got a doo-doo. Like, I got to go to the bathroom. Jeez. And she was like, I didn't say I got a doo-doo. Because I'm much more I'm awkward. Sh- I'm in sure. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, I just have to stop and go to the bathroom, like at that that Maverick, that gas station up there. And she's like, I mean, is it like number one or more? <laughs> I was like, or more? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know, lady. Can you do uh, addition? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I mean, I just straight up. I was just like, okay. So here's the deal. I get so in my head about this that I like that I'm gonna have to poop. That I basically force myself into having to do so. I will this into existence. So I gotta go poop. And she's all like okay like we could stop after this and i was like i was crossing my fingers that she was gonna say it was socially acceptable to poop in these people's houses but like she didn't so i'm still not gonna say it is no it's definitely (laughs) not (laughs) as much as i joke about it it would be so strange to be like all right hold up we really gotta test this out (laughs) in all honesty there was like there was one time where i had to go to the bathroom and like I really had to go to the bathroom and I like got the farts. So I like, I got them bubble guts. So I like, I went outside and luckily, so like they had compost bins at this house that were going to come with the house. I was like, yeah, like I want my house smelling shit all the time. Like it already does when I'm there, but I don't want it all the other time, you know, like a hundred percent, 120%. But, uh, like I go in the backyard and I just let out a fat fart. I was just like, I got it. I got it, like, it's just building up. I got to fucking fart. I farted, and then, like, the second I farted, like, our realtor and my wife walked outside, and I was like, man, these compost bins, like, they're fucking, they're it smells nasty. like shit out here. <laughs> 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 just immediately, and I was like, okay, like, it, it, in my head, I was like, it contributed, but I definitely just lied about that. That was me, 100%. So, yeah. A-plus uh, material right there. Uh, so, speaking of poops and farts, we should probably talk about housekeeping. Exactly. That's exactly what we should talk about. So, uh, we got a new indie developer interview going up uh, this Wednesday for for Whoopo and the 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 sequel to Whoopo. But uh, I don't know how to say this fucking name. Okay, like what's? Come on, Kornist and Perzik. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. That's, okay, I'm gonna leave it at that's, that. That's too far. That's like, what are you doing? Come on, just name it like, I don't know, fucking Grundle Studios. Like, it's fine. Like, it's, whatever. So, 
please check out that developer interview, of course. That is two or one day after this goes live for patrons, two days before for plebs. Please check it out. Developers of Whoopo, one of Josh's seemingly favorite games. He often talks about it. He's it. he's a big fan of the Whoopo, and he's a little bit upset that I have owned it for several years and have yet to play it. Big so please check out the developer interview and of course please check out all the other ones that go live on wednesdays check out the indie pod store over on teespring.com slash store slash indie just check out the indie pod store over on teespring please we got t-shirts we got stickers and soon when i uh figure out how uh to unfuck up our paypal we will have other stuff because i fucked it up god please check out our youtube channel it's just indiepod over on youtube uh it may change soon depending on like a website i'm building but currently it is just indiepod over on youtube so you can check out these episodes on video or you can check out some of the other stuff we have posted over there so please do so leave us reviews on any sort of platform that you can listening or otherwise specifically itunes helps out a lot i've been told i'm not gonna say that i understand it but supposedly it helps I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume it has something to do with SEO, but I have no idea. And lastly, thank you so much to all of our patrons. We'll see Mixmatosis, a.k.a. Mix, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Prenshaw, the Wombat Emperor of Australia, Chris Penwell. Always drink a tea, bruh. Always. Josh Nichols, Active Josh, and Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much for being patrons. You're all so amazing. And... I love you all. I'm going to kiss you guys on the mouth. So, it is time for us to talk about some of the indie games that we have been playing. Big Josh Boy, you have been playing Ever the Everhood Demo by Chris Nordgren and Jody Roca. So, please tell me about the Everhood Demo and why it has become uh, your favorite game, even though it doesn't feature cards. Even though it doesn't feature cards. <laughs> no. Uh... Well, first off, let's start with a good fuck you. Um, second off, <laughs> I just gotta this, get that out there. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's let's you know put that on the table just so people remember that I hate okay. you. Um, second is you mentioned Everhood last week, and I had never heard of this before. I took a quick look at it. It's got really trippy artwork. It's got a very narrative-based story approach to this game. It's got weird ass characters uh and it's got rhythm based type combat um it's not a rhythm it's like game, pseudo rhythm based it's it, kind of weird yeah but it kind of is um and i i looked at it and damn it looks like a josh ass game and so i, mean, I had i had to try it doesn't it. hurt that the main character totally looks like that gino guy or whatever yes. from super mario rpg yes that is 100% true uh, and very much a part of it. But the way it starts, I, I really like it because you can clearly tell there's inspiration from things like Undertale. And the reason why is it has that same type of remembering your choices, even though um, even though it doesn't really do anything. It's just it's an interesting like twist to it of the game remembering kind of what you've chosen and having different like narrative paths based on actions. And I don't know that they're doing this a lot, but they did it one specific time that I saw it and it got me excited because I said, oh, this is only a demo. This is only probably a flavor of it. 
there's possibly going to be a lot more of this, which is cool because in Undertale, there were a lot of interesting pieces that did that, that I was like, oh shit, it remembers. Like, and it's creepy in, in a lot of ways. But so this one, the, the clear one was just at the start, it's, it's kind of weird. It asks you to give up your, uh, what is it? It's like, give up your humanity for, uh, would you sacrifice your huma- humanity to gain immortality or something like that? Damn, and, this is a real Undertale-ass game. Yeah. Jesus. And so it asks like, <laughs> yes or no. It's like, are you ready? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, okay, we understand. And then it just brought me back to the start screen. And I was like, oh, that was funny. And so I went back into it. I was like, all right, let me actually play the game. And then it, it opens up and it's like, are you ready yet? Like, are you ready now? And I was like, that's awesome. Oh. I was like, yes, it remembers. And I was like, okay, yes, let's do it. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, like making fun of you. Yeah, exactly. But no, it was like, it was one of those things where it wasn't making fun of you, but it was just like, we understand like giving up your humanity takes time. Like it was very understanding about the situation. And I just thought it was very clever and, and weird. Cause I was just like, Oh, okay, sure. And so you go into it and you're this doll who is just scattered in pieces and a thief, that blue thief that you see as that main character that kind of looks like Gino, he steals your arm. And then all of a sudden you magically come back to life, but you're just missing your arm. And then you, try to get your arm back. And so that's like the majority of what you're going to play in this is you trying to find that thief. And so it has you go into basically like him following him to a nightclub and going and talking to a bunch of people. And on the way there, there's a bunch of these combat scenes where you start off and the way it works is literally like if you think of Guitar Hero and you think of how those buttons or those different you know uh, notes show up and come down that line in Guitar Hero, you would be expected to press that note at that given time. Instead, this game is a little different. Those notes are playing, but you don't want to hit them. You have to jump over them or dash to the side. So the idea, That's the cool. mechanic with the game is you're listening to really cool beats and, and this awesome track, this music that's you know like really bumping and you're just trying to dodge and dash and get through things. And then they start to get tougher where they'll start to put blocks on top of those notes so you can't jump over them. So there's certain ones that you have to dash to the side of versus jump over. You have of like three times of getting hit, but it'll regenerate over time. So you just have to kind of like make sure you can get past those harder parts without getting hit too much and then wait for your health to, to get back to full. Um, but then they even, as you keep going through this, they become a little bit more, um, not just you on that board. They start playing out different mechanics where you're like on this giant grid and there's these fires that are coming up and you have to like run around and avoid them. If you look at the trailer, there's a number of different, uh, pieces that are there that they're going to also include like things where there will be on that, that track, you have to actually hit a button and smack the boss or whatever you're fighting back oh, based on that. certain yeah. notes. Yeah. Which I thought is, is a really really good inclusion that I didn't get to play in the game, but I was like, one of my concerns or my complaints to this is you're, you're playing this, this, you know, this theme or this, this song and trying to like dance kind of, and like defeating people. And it just kind of ends at a certain point when the song ends. And then it's like, oh, you've defeated me. And just like thematically, it just seems stupid. You're like, I didn't do anything. I just kind of danced around and then you died, which Fine, that's fine. You know, that's that's the way the game is played. But from a theme perspective, I thought it was cooler seeing that. And I, I 
have seen a bunch of other mechanics that they've put in there that from the trailer that speaking wise that I haven't seen in the demo that I'm, I'm very excited about, but I won't talk to those because I don't know, you know, if they're 100% going to be included or how much they'll play into the game. But what I did play was that map of the notes coming down, you avoiding them. And it got, I got to the point where right as I was starting to get like, nah, it's like, okay, I've seen it. This game has, you know, this, it's kind of interesting. I'll pick it up right at that point. It then got super fucking weird, uh, very trippy. And then the, the song and like the last, the final kind of boss to the demo, so to speak is like this almost incoherable, like it, it just made no sense, man. It like, it was so weird. And the game then turns into making you not only play, but has all these different styles, all these different things where like the visuals of it will get harder, where it'll like, it'll blur the the screen. Like when a note comes, it like paints the area so that like all your vision is screwed up. They'll do things where the track is completely gone, but the notes are just coming. They'll do things where the the whole map is spinning as you're playing. Like, so there were so many unique variations in that final boss fight or whatever you would call it, that I was just like, damn, I gotta try it. Like, I gotta stick with this. So I'm actually really excited because it's supposed to launch uh, March 4th and I am 100% going to get this. I'm definitely gonna be really busy because uh, transparency. <laughs> well, no, transparency speaking, I'm, I'm picking up contracting work on the side of like my full-time ah. job. So I'm probably not gonna have as much time for games, but like the time that I do have from, you know, March 4th to Isaac, I want to try and uh, put into Everhood and beat, but it's. I it's mean, good. did you uh, did you get to try out any of these other like pseudo mini game esque sections of the game that I've seen in the in the trailer? Because they have like one section where you it looks like like a bullet hell section, another where it's like racing. Yeah, no. See, that's the thing that I, I didn't want to comment on because I haven't tried those elements oh, yet. Okay. Most of it has been that track, the Guitar Hero esque track. And a lot of mm -hmm. notes flying at you and different variations to make that interesting. But I haven't seen the other minigame-esque type pieces to it. So that's why I didn't want to like go too deep into that. Because I don't know if that's going to be a big part of it. Like how much is going to be of what. Like it and Yeah, you don't know to what degree that will be implemented in the game. Right. And that that guitar hero looking track might be one flavor that is just then not even apparent halfway into the game. Like I don't know yet. All I know is the the narrative of it is super strange um the fucking just the the entire world that you have is very dark and gritty but in extremely bright and vibrant at the same time and then just the characters in it are very very strange um to a point where like, I want to know more. Like the demo is a great flavor of showing you here's a bunch of cool ideas like if you're into it go for it so to speak, and it hooked me. So I say, if any of this sounds interesting to you, I would try out the demo because it was uh, pretty good. Apparently there's uh, two different difficulty modes. So there was like the normal mode and then there's like the easy mode for people who might not be uh, as as good at just games in general. Yeah, there's the Josh mode and the Vaughn mode. Um, so I picked, <laughs> the I picked the Josh mode um, and I thought it was like, it was a good challenge. I, there wasn't a point where I like had failed necessarily, but there were times where I was at one HP and I was like, uh oh, got to focus. Like I could fuck up here. Okay. I mean, this looks really cool. I'm very interested to see if it, it attracts this like cult like 
fandom similar to Undertale, I think that would be really awesome. Like, we don't see it often, but right. I would love for it to happen, especially because Everhood looks so reminiscent of undertale it looks yeah. like it's very much an homage to that There's, game there was literally i i tweeted this out there's literally a part where you're talking to an atm machine basically i was about to bring that up yeah and it has the same face of the flower and i was like yeah hmm. it has flowey's evil face i was yeah. just like i fucking see you <laughs> yeah i was like uh-oh that is, that's uh, awesome clear. honestly the game looks really really cool i'm i'm excited to see what people think of it i being the guy who couldn't actually beat Undertale, I'm well, not. I'm, see, I'm not gonna hop but, into Everhood. But, but this uh, is this is this could be the Undertale for you because there's an easy mode. That's actually a solid point. I didn't right? even think about that. Right? Yeah, there is an easy mode. Okay, Look, okay. I'll try it out and I'll let you know if you need to play this game. Okay, okay. Speaking of letting me know if I need to play some games, you are also playing Space Court yes. by Uphill Promise. Tell me about it. Should I play? Should I play? What's up? Yeah. What's so up, this was a recommendation from Rob from the Classic Gaming Podcast. I went on there, and at the end of the the episode, while we were recording, they mentioned just random games to shout out. And so obviously, I shouted out a couple indie games, and then he mentioned, "Oh, have you ever tried Space Court?" I never heard about this before. Uh, it's a very small, very quick game, and there's not like a. It's not a mechanical game. It's a game where you're a judge of space court so this checks out intergalactic judge world judy. Yeah, yeah basically but well i guess you could be the judge duty of of that world if you wanted to so essentially how it works <laughs> is you're that judge and a number of different creatures from universes will show up and will talk to you about their problems and what you need to do to help them whatever that might be and so you have a decision based on those those conversations to either uh, help them or, you know, just respond in a number of like, usually it's up to three different ways that you can respond to them. And based on that, they'll either like it or hate it or be neutral to the response. And you kind of have this like friend meter with people based on those actions of are you helping them or are you not? And it all goes down to a full week of you being in charge of Space Court because at the start you have this very like lacks not really uh it just <sighs> shouldn't have their job there type person i mean yeah the like the literal blurb for this game is a newly appointed judge you will run over space court and or rule over space courts and its denizens to keep the universe safe or possibly blow it up either way you're tenured <laughs> yes. So the person there who, when you're appointed, who helps you out and is supposed to be your advisor, just kind of comes in and is like, hey, if you make it past a week, you're doing better than the last guy. Like, whatever, man. Like, you'll be fine. He's like, I'm supposed to advise you. I'll be there every step of the way. And then he he, show, he like leaves and he doesn't show up for like another two days. And he's just, the, There's like a part where you're like, weren't you supposed to be advising me? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, kind of like you figured it out. You, you figured it you out. You survived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's basically what this game is it's a very just a comedic kind of uh just choose your own path style of game it's a narrative game in that way where you're just dealing with these creatures and the the honestly the great part about it is each of the characters are so very just ridiculous in their personalities like i really love it you have this one uh giant monster who is so big he cannot fit in through the door 
of your office. So you literally only see his giant eyeball and sometimes like a finger that he'll poke through. And he's so he's the the race that he uh his race is just this this very unintelligent like he only talks in like me pork hello like basically <laughs> speaking to you 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 introduce yourself and you're like hi i'm the new appointed judge like nice to meet your acquaintances it's like me no understand big words kind of a thing <laughs> so you just talking talk, kevin from the office why use big word why, when small word dude trick <laughs> dude i reference that so much i love it's that so quote. good dude <laughs> but so so you you're basically talking with with these creatures who are just like really ridiculous. You have another one who is constantly giving you these demands and is like the, the, what was the one where he was just like, the TV remote is too far from me. So I can't change the channel. And you're like, what? You're like, why don't you just get up and, and turn the knob? He's like, well, you can't expect me to do that. He's like, how are you going to fix my list of demands? And he just keeps asking all these things that have no reason inside a court like courtroom. And then you have another one who's literally trying to like ransack and destroy and take over the world, like and trying to deal with all of them. And at the end, you basically see if you can deal with everyone's problem or if you're blowing up the world. So it's it's a really really interesting game i played it uh twice because you can try different things and see if you can help people i'd recommend it i'm not going to go too much more into that but like honestly it was only two or three bucks i think it was three bucks yeah, on 2.99 mm -hmm. yeah it's it's worth it. it it was like an hour uh of a run through like 30 minutes to an hour um and I enjoyed it. Like there's a lot of good dialogue in it. I like the way that you have the the friend meter because you're you're trying to like deal with their pro their problems and based at the end of what your resolution is for certain things, you have to have that level, that friend meter at a certain uh like percentage. So I think it was really well done. I think it's a short, simple, very funny game that uh people should check out. I uh, I do want to ask, like, when you choose to, like, quote-unquote, help people, do you actually do anything, or do you just go, like, okay, your remote will now always be slightly closer to you, kind of a thing, like... Yeah, so, no, you're not, you're not doing anything. This is a narrative game in the fact that you're literally just choosing dialogue. Like, this is a very okay. chill game. Like, this is a just, you know, sit back, kind of just experience it, and choose what you want to happen next so it is very much in in some vein you can semi role play because there's not a crazy amount of options but like you could be the really helpful like the way i role played when i first played this game is i tried to to be the judge who was like very by the book and like all of my answers were very like this is the way a judge should be this is like textbook judge uh, judy whatever you want to call it like no Long no duty judge judy I yeah get it. exactly and so that's how i dealt with it but then you could also just be an asshole and just be like i don't like you so fuck you <laughs> like <laughs> so you can really be a judge okay yeah that's <laughs> <Fuck> true <you. laughs> be like no you don't get to keep that planet get out of here that's awesome. Okay, I mean the game looks very interesting. Uh, I I mean it's I, I don't think it'll ever be for me, but I think that's really cool. Well, I guess it's two ninety nine, so I, I mean, can it's... always check it out and see if I enjoy the like weird aspects of it. That's just like uh eat shit. Like I love the idea of the having to solve the problem of yeah. the remote being too far away from me. It's like how do you solve that? And you're like you know what. I'm going to pull from my, my collective consciousness here and say, have a child. Because did you ever have that happen where, like, the remote was, like, an inch away from your dad? And he was just like, hey, 
get that for me. And you're like, you, what? Yep. Are you serious? Like it, it's, <laughs> I saw this thing on iFunny the other day it was just like keeping the tradition going. And it was like some guy who called his kid in to grab him the remote that was literally like this far away from his hand. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> So it. I'd love to see how you actually solve these. Yeah, these, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't. They're not. They're not as crazy. Like a lot of them. Like for those those like remote control ones. A lot of the answers are like, go figure it out yourself. Because it, it, like it very much plays into at that part. I think it was when when they brought up that that uh, excuse. You had already heard a number of their demands, and at that part, your character had only a few options of basically being like very rude or like only slightly rude of like. <laughs> Please leave me alone. These are not actual court things. <laughs> I do love that this is like fucking small claims court. It's like you can either be Judge Judy or Judge Joe Brown. I think his name is. You're just like, let's see what fucking happens, bro. How how big of a dick you gonna be today? Like, let's yeah. let's fucking see. That's awesome. I mean, the game sounds really fun. Yeah. Uh, once again, it is over on Steam. It is only two ninety nine. So if you'd like to check it out, head over there and do so. And also check out while you're there. Check out the Everhood demo. It looks really cool. Speaking oh, yeah. of being on Steam, uh, one of the games that I've been playing this week, we did receive a code. Well, actually, we received multiple codes from the developer, but I, it's not a Josh game, so he didn't, he's like not into it. But Sorry. Uh, I played it, got the code from the developer, so take this with a grain of salt. But it is called Dragon Creek. It's by Reckeld. I think it's R-E-K-K-E-L-D. So Reckeld? Reckeld? Reckeld. I'm yeah. not exactly sure. Um, so this game, basically, like the entire idea of it is that you are a you own a ranch. You had just purchased a ranch that you use to tame and like raise dragons. You don't necessarily tame them, but uh, you raise dragons, and it's like basically just a tamagotchi. It's it's a hundred percent a tamagotchi. You've got to feed them. You got to clean up their poop. And you can train them. So it's like the cool Tamagotchis later on that you could fight people with. Like you could, yeah. I, it's basically like a fucking, it's like the Digivice version of a Tamagotchi. It's very cool. The way you get these dragons is you initially go to a dragon shrine and it's entirely random. So you enter a code and a dragon spawns. It's, you can either use like a random code uh, or you can just put in a code yourself. So what I did, I was like, you know what? I want to see what kind of a dragon spawns when I use like my typical name, my typical my typical username. So I did like Legion two one eight five and a dragon spawned, and it was like an old like kind of an ancient Chinese style dragon, the ones with no wings but are really like curvy. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like second season of American Dragon Jake Long is what I'm talking about here. Gotcha. And gotcha. It was pink. It was like bright pink, and I thought it was fucking awesome. It was dope. I recently <laughs> discovered that I think my favorite color is probably pink. I just it's fucking dope. So I I summon this dragon and they have like borderline stats. They're like, okay, they have like strength this much, dexterity this much, accuracy this much. It's kind of cool. And you essentially just treat them like a tamagotchi you take them home you bathe them you feed them you clean up their poop you clean them and nice. then you do different uh you do different tasks uh, necessarily i mean you train them to get their 
strength up so it's different types of mini games so to increase their speed you have to basically they run on a treadmill to charge a battery and you have to click a and d uh really quickly to keep it in this certain range so there's like a red bar with a green smaller like rectangle going across it and you have to try to keep your cursor basically in that green bar by clicking a and d as fast as possible and then slowing down and then speeding up and depending on how well you do this your like stat increases a larger or smaller amount you get more money and you get more respect from the community and you do this with like a they bunch of different you? yeah i mean they respected me bruh they respected uh, me yeah. i mean there was only like They're one better. mini game that i'm not very good at but i figured it out and it took me a second to figure it out because it was like the directions i will say are not amazing uh, for the mini games, they pop up literally every time you go to play, which is nice, but they aren't incredibly accurate. So it's just like, click this and then click this. And I'm like, okay, so I tried to do it and it didn't work. And I was like, what do you mean? It turned out that I needed to essentially wait for my character to walk from the smelter to put an iron bar on like a heated iron bar onto an anvil. And then when this little piece came up, this little square came inside my, like, I guess, target square. Uh, this was for, I believe, accuracy. You then hold the right mouse button while the dragon breathes fire on it. And then a second little set of squares will come up on the left-hand side. And you have to click the left mouse button as those little squares get in your kind of like accuracy, your like reticle kind of a square. And, the better you do in these, the more, like, your stat increases, and the more respect you get, the more gold you get, and then you just repeat it. And it has, like, a day-night cycle, so your dragon will get, like, it get, it can be, like, unhappy, it needs to eat, it needs to bathe, and it also needs to sleep. Like, it's pretty, like I said, it's a Tamagotchi, but... Mm -hmm throughout the it has like this day night cycle and it keeps track of days on certain days you can enter tournaments essentially which are turn-based battles that you fight against other dragon like riders other dragon tamers and these are probably my least favorite thing about uh -oh. the game so far it's it's mostly like it's laid out in a grid of nine rectangles it goes three by three Okay. So it's like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yep. And you start out in the center square and your opponent starts out in the square directly above you. At least the one I did, uh, this is what happened. And you essentially just choose from a list of moves that you can do that hit certain squares and do certain things. It's it's very JRPG, like it's it's very Pokemon-esque where you're just like, okay, I'm going to choose this, it's going to hit him and then I can move essentially throughout these squares uh certain abilities only attack certain squares so you have to like kind of be a little bit more strategic mm -hmm. the only thing that i didn't like about it necessarily and you have to like manage your stamina which increases every round uh and that's what is required to do these like different abilities but not moving i don't believe but the only thing i didn't like about it is that it's your turn and then their turn so i will like i did an attack and then i moved and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to be in this area. And then on their turn, they might move whatever. And then they just moved directly next to me again. And I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't get behind them to use a, like, I couldn't get behind them to use a move I wanted to use. So I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I'll just keep scratching the shit out of you. Like, that sounds pretty good. I mean, this may be me just not understanding fully 
the battle mechanics of this. Maybe if I didn't attack, I could have moved twice, similar to like the dash action in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, where like if you don't use your action, you can use it to dash, which mm-hmm. then allows you to move, make movement twice your movement speed. Maybe it's something similar to that. I'm not exactly sure, but all in all, once the game, I mean, one, the game is in early access, but two, I think it's actually in a pretty playable state. I'm enjoying it. Um, I didn't play it like a gigantic amount. I probably played it for two, three, maybe four hours, but I actually really enjoyed it. I thought the mini games were really fun. They have kind of like this really soft and I would say like relaxing song that plays throughout it. The only thing that I can say I honestly didn't enjoy that much about it was the battle system. I mm. I wasn't super impressed by it, but maybe I just need to do it a little bit more. And the only time that you can do that is actually on certain days of the week. So there were times where I was like, okay, I want to like enter this tournament or whatever. I want to fight this dragon so that I can gain ranks because you have right. to like essentially complete these battles and tournaments to gain ranks to then gain like the ability to have multiple dragons instead of just one and to like upgrade your ranch and stuff like that. I... I had to wait, like, I realized this battle system existed on a Friday, so mm-hmm. I had to basically just fuck around for two days in-game by, like, doing miscellaneous, like, stat adjustments and stuff, like, playing the mini games right. and, like, having my dragon sleep and stuff, and then I could go actually fight this, and then, like, another two days later, I could fight, like, their brother in the, like, game lore, I believe, <laughs> but it's it's very odd. Um, the battle system was my least favorite it, and the thing that sucks most about it is like that's directly tied to your progress in the yeah. game. Okay, that's what I was so, gonna like, ask is like how much of this is you fighting? Like what like I guess is is there a narrative to this? Like a, a, a main like progression that you're trying to do throughout, or is it just like train your dragon and try to be the best? Seemingly it's just train your dragon and try to be the best. I mean, okay. I ha- I've yet to like really run into the narrative. It is possible that it it's really flushed out and it exists, but I have yet to come across it. For the most part, it's like straight up Tamagotchi. It's just like, you got this dragon, do shit. Like beef it up, fight other dragons. You can become a better dragon tamer and that means you can have more dragons kind of a thing. So I have yet to run into this main narrative, this crinkle where it's like, oh, there's an evil dragon kind of a Mm -hmm. thing because that's always the thing they do in, in fantasy where dragons exist. But yeah, I have, I've yet to run into anything like that. It was basically just like, become a better dragon tamer become a better dragon rancher and i was like okay cool how do i do that and it's like fight other dragons and i was like "Ah, this and they take forever the battles take so long Uh because like your dragon can have 110 health but your attack only does like fucking 15 damage so it takes like fucking 10 to 15 turns to kill this asshole i'm like oh my god (laughs) it seriously took it takes like probably 10 15 minutes to get through a battle and i was like can you fucking die bro like it was just pissing me off because they were just using the same status effect and i was just like they would use a status effect against me it's kind of like they used leer against me and then i used buff up or something like that in pokemon where they we they increased um they basically increased the amount of I think it was like, st- oh no, actually, I, I did it the opposite to them. They kept using the stacking ability where it increased their strength based on like every time you get a stack, it increases your strength, which means that strength-based abilities do more. Right. And I just would, every time they'd use that, I would just use an ability that decreased their strength stats so it would just even out. 
<laughs> you fucking bitch. But it was interesting. It's fun. I'm I'm actually gonna check it out a little bit more because I want to play around with like the the codes and what kind of dragons that I can summon. Uh, checking out the like different like the videos on Steam and the different screenshots. It seems like there's a large variety of dragons throughout like different kinds of lore uh, and mythology that you can check out that you can actually get whether it's like a like a wyvern or like these ancient chinese dragons or one that looked like a cat which was super weird so i i want to play it more i think it's fun i i enjoy it yeah all right very cool last game that i've been playing before we move on to our news stories is it's called shattered tale of the forgotten king it is an indie souls like developed by redlock studio and i talked about this like i I talked about it briefly on the Thursday night stream when we were playing Cuphead, but mm. the the lore to this game, I mean, it's I imagine it's very similar to like a lot of people think Dark Souls lore doesn't make a lot of sense. I got no fucking idea what's happening in this game. Like they they talk about they often reference their lore but it's all like there's there's no voice acting in the game it's just all written down so i just kind of have to like try to decipher what the fuck any of this means and it's so abstract that i'm just like i think i understand what you mean by that but like i don't really know um the main crux of the game is the standard souls like fair where it's like okay you've got a stamina bar you have uh abilities that use ether which is essentially like mana and then you've got health and you go to like i believe they are like limbo wells um or like kind of like these limbo shrines which essentially take the place of bonfires yeah. and you just go through try to get to bosses kill bosses it's the standard souls like fair um i am enjoying it so far um i think the conversation overlays easily are the greatest thing in this game they're so beautiful they look so cool i really love them the art outside of the overlays it's like it's it's pretty um it seems like unfinished but on purpose it seems very kind of like blocky uh very like, I'm trying to think of it. It, it looks like Necropolis, essentially, if, mm -hmm. if anybody has played that, like, roguelite Souls-like. Um, it looks a lot like that, but in these conversation overlays, it's very deliberate. It almost makes me uh, think of, I think, as Neil Gaiman uh, wrote the Sandman comic books. Um, it looks a lot like that. It's, it's a very, like, interesting art style, and I enjoy it a lot. And I run into a lot of these characters that look really really cool and i'm like man i wish i could look like you but i'm pretty sure that i just look dumb all the time like <laughs> i'm like you look like a cowboy with swords and i want to look like you but for some reason i can't change my clothes like i can get new swords i can upgrade my health i can get new items i can do all this but i just can't fucking change my clothes and it bothers me um but i did like so i've i played through multiple areas in the game i think uh last time i checked I have played through five to eight hours of the game. I think it said I played through eight hours of the game. And I've gotten, like, I've, I've leveled up multiple times. I've gotten uh, different swords throughout it. Because you, like, essentially, it's, it's not like Dark Souls where you have, like, a large variety of weapons that you just randomly come across. They are essentially, like, a form of power-up. And each one works in a slightly different way. Um, I can't say that they are different enough to really incentivize you to actually seek out different weapons. They mm -hmm. essentially just swing slower or faster. 
that's mm. about it and your like your overall like heavy attack when you charge it up uh with one sword pulls you close and it shoots you further and possibly can get you behind the enemy versus otherwise like it just does like a quick it does the same slash but you don't get behind the enemy and i just got a third sword that seemingly just does the same thing as the other uh, as the first sword so it almost seems unnecessary it might just do a little bit more damage mm-hmm. but outside of the standard souls like fair there's a really annoying thing that happens in this game that really really bothers me one Something that bothers me is that it feels very floaty. Uh, your movements are are very quick, and it feels like you're just gliding on the ground, and nothing feels like it has a real, like, physical consequence to you. I essentially, like, my stamina bar is fucking massive. So in Dark Souls, I can roll, like, three or four times, and my stamina bar is gone. But in this, right. I can just fucking, I just, like, shoot everywhere. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, and just basically dodge constantly. And it doesn't fucking matter in in this game versus in like a standard Souls-like game. You could do it like fucking three times max. And if you attack, you're fucking dead, bro. You're Sounds fucking like this is gone. This type of Souls game. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, it's so far fairly easy. Like I've died several times, but it's just kind of like getting used to this different combat style where it feels, I would say the game itself feels much more paint by numbers and less deliberate where it Mm -hmm. almost seems like they took in assets of like these gigantic keeps but there's almost no reason to actually explore them like going throughout it i just get miscellaneous items that's like okay cool i can craft some like different shit or i can maybe upgrade my weapon but other than that there was really no reason to come here like i honestly did not understand there's they try to incentivize exploration by having like a bunch of different like items you can get and different spells you can get but so far none of them have been interesting enough to actually make me give a shit so i was just like you know what i'm just gonna like i'm gonna run through this but the thing i despise that this game does is that randomly it's just like you know what we're going to take this camera that was previously freeform. We're going to just lock it down to a specific camera angle. And we're going to take this game that is absolutely not built like a 2D platformer and make you play it like one. And I'm I like, know. are you fucking serious? I, to be honest, I've seen this and I was like, this is one of the things where I was like, oh, it kind of looks cool. Maybe <laughs> maybe I would want to play that because it Dude, does that. And I know for people who... Uh, like are fans of that genre probably hate it it's so fucking annoying like when it happens i'm like are you serious like there was one section that was a jump puzzle and it was like okay we're going to 2d platformer but here's the thing this isn't like it's not built like a 2d platformer it's not built in two dimensions there is a third dimension so you can completely miss obstacles and you're like my depth perception is so off right now that i killed myself so many times trying to jump to the same platform because i was like i don't know what i'm doing like i don't know how far away this is it doesn't make any sense and it was basically like it's not just solid platforms it's just like okay jump from this one to this one oh it'd be easy no it's like it's like a thin platform with one like this and I have to land on this side on the long side and I'm like I I don't I don't know where that fucking is in comparison to where I currently am. Like it's so fucking annoying and 
it's just like adding so it gives you a double jump to seemingly aid in these 2d platformer sections but that almost makes the world like it's it's one of the things that make it, it makes it feel so much less deliberate is that I can literally just go wherever the fuck I want. Like I've jumped like I've I've gotten to these massive keeps and I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to fucking cheese this." And I just jumped up the side of it. I'm like, "You may have wanted me to go through this gauntlet of like trials and tribulations, but you gave me a fucking double jump. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump up the side." And that's what I did and got to the end and I was just like, "That was fucking boring." Like, I just didn't, I I don't feel the weight of my actions in this game. I'm going to play more. I actually want to finish it, especially since I just finished Ashen. And mm-hmm. I want to compare this to, like, I'm currently playing Dark Souls 2. I just uh, finished Ashen, which I might write something on. I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to. But I want to finish Shattered because this is a Souls-like game released in 2021. And I want to see how it compares to like earlier games within this genre. And currently I would say the things that it tries to do to set itself apart are just annoying. I don't like them. The the 2d platformer sections. It's just like, I, I wouldn't mind if the game was built well for it or if like depth perception, this third dimension was not a problem but mm-hmm. it is like it exists and yeah. having I, mean, I don't the- i don't think it's the third dimension you just need to be able to make it so it's it still fits well like i think of crash yeah. bandicoot games and crash bandicoot games have the same thing where they're 3d 2d style where you'll have levels that'll throw you onto this world where it's a 2d world but you could still move like f- like closer towards the camera but it still just works like i think that there is a yeah. little bit of getting used to it but I mean, I can't compare the two, but I think Crash does it really well. It's very possible that it just doesn't like. It's very possible that you're correct, and it it like if it was done well, it would have made a little bit more sense. But I would honestly say that I don't think it is. Um, I like I haven't played Crash in a really long time, but I like from what I remember of it, I don't exactly remember not knowing literally at all where I was going to land. Like there is, there is some small portion of your mind where you're like, I understand the control of my jump enough to where I know I can make it there. And in this, I'm like, I have no idea. And it tries the souls like fashion where you can like run and jump in typical souls likes when you run and jump, like that's the only time you can ever jump is if you're running, then you jump. It's typically just to get across like caverns and stuff like that. There is no height to it is all length. It's just to get across like open gaps kind of a thing. But in this, it's actually kind of interesting the way that the jump works because it literally takes away every bit of momentum that you have. When you run, if you jump, you jump straight up. That's it. Like you can, you can move a little bit, but zero momentum that you had before you jumped exists within the jump. So you essentially have to like, if you want to get from one platform to the next, you have to use both of your jumps. You can't just make an easy jump. It doesn't exist because when you go to jump, you're just like, let's say I'm running and I'm like, and in a Dark Souls game, when you do it and you go to jump, you're like, and you jump like a good 10 feet. You're like a fucking long jumper. In this game, you're like, and you just like fucking, it's like you were going nowhere. You, you're just the standing fucking long jump on this bitch, but not like you're just 
jump straight up. I'm like, are you fucking serious? And it's happened so many times where I forget that and I go to try to clear a gap and I just fucking died. Like Damn. I've the only time I've really died in this game, I got killed by a boss twice and every other time I've died is falling into miscellaneous holes. <laughs> that's the only, that's it. Like yeah, I it, hate it when that happens to me. It's so fucking annoying. But I, I actually like if I was to give this game a score of my first impressions, I would say it's probably like a six out of ten. I don't mm -hmm. think it's absolutely terrible, but like I don't think it's necessarily like super comparable to games of its ilk that came out before it. I don't, I don't think it feels as deliberate. It doesn't feel as good, as smooth as any Souls-like game that I've played before. So. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to hopefully play some more. I'm hoping that my feelings change. Um, I'm hoping that I'm going to find out that these fucking swords do anything different than what I currently believe they do. Because right now, I don't understand why I would want to get another sword. Yeah. Like It's like, okay, this one swings slower, uh, but does more damage. This one swings faster, but does less damage. And it's like, is that the only difference between these swords? And then when I got another sword, it just swung slower and did more damage. I was like then what's the point of giving me more than just the two? Yeah. Like, it's it's very odd. Um, I can't say whether I would recommend it or not currently. It just entirely depends on how nitpicky you are about, like, the Souls-like franchise. It's, it's possible that you might actually like this. You might like the 2D platformer sections. I don't. I hate yeah. them. I fucking despise it. But... I don't know. It's, it depends, because as a person who really enjoys platformers in general i feel like i'd i'd be a little upset based on it's the idea of creating a game and putting in multiple parts or like mixing genres but not mm -hmm. doing that mix where you're not doing anything well you're just having multiple mediocre parts kind of is yeah. kind of what it feels like and because it's of like that, the destiny criticism right because of that like i would like it because i'd be like oh a souls like that's kind of souls like e so it it gets me in there so i like play it but if it's like just that constantly i'd probably get burnt out but it also has a platforming element to it so i'd be like oh cool it's like a a, a palette cleanser so to speak but if both yeah. are just mediocre parts of it like i'd rather just play a full platformer game yeah yeah i having played platformers i do not think it does it well but this is coming from somebody who is like i was expecting a souls like so it's very it's right. it's very possible that it's like tainted by the time i got to like a 2d platformer section i was like what yeah no yeah i, I saw that in our discord the other day and i was like 2d platformer i was like what the hell i was like that yeah. makes no sense but... it's it's very odd it's it's pretty weird but i i am enjoying it a little bit I would rather play something else. Um, I'm thinking that maybe I'll hop into like the Remnant DLC as like a kind of like a side part or something like that. But currently, um, I think it's fine. That All is right. the word that I think easily describes this game. I think it is fine. Uh -huh. Good so, to know. Let's hop into our main news stories for the day. For today, uh, it's only been an hour, so good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, this Talk week. Too much. Our first news story is over on IGN. It is written by Joe Scrabbles, and it is Tarsair Studios, the creator of Little Nightmares, has, well, I guess the actual, you know, title of this article is Little Nightmares creator confirms it's done with the series, but Namco could carry it on regardless. So this is probably going to be the last news story that we ever talk about Tarsair again, yep. um, because one, Bandai Namco owns the 
uh, Little Nightmares IP and the publishing and rights to no it. And Tarsier an Studios was actually bought by the Embracer Group. So it's not necessarily like indie anymore. Yep. The new so, story is indie is gone. Yeah, basically. So Tarsier Studios, the creator of Little Nightmares, has confirmed to IGN that Little Nightmares 2 is its last game in the series. However, IP owner and publisher Bandai Namco is energized to make more Little Nightmares games regardless. Yesterday, Tarsier's parent company, Embracer, announced that the developer would now be focusing on new IP, leading to speculation about Little Nightmares' future. Speaking to IGN today, Tarsier's CEO, Andres J- John Sasson. I don't know. It looks like Johnson, but it's got two S's. So, whatever. Uh, made clear that the move means the company will no longer make games in the series. For the last six years, our mission at Tarsair has been to create mesmerizing worlds. Little Nightmares was our first attempt and was a huge success. I personally love how Little Nightmares has gathered fans around the world over the course of the last four years from the fan art, extensive fan theories, and genuine reactions. It has all been amazing to witness. Our collaboration with Bandai Namco Entertainment Europe has been extremely satisfying. They listened to our creative vision and took our crazy ideas and ambitions to heart. And there, there's a lot that they kind of say about this. Uh, mostly, what I want to talk about is that, one, there is a little bit of speculation here. Uh, the move likely comes down to the fact that Bandai Namco owns the Little Nightmares IP, meaning Embracer would have to either buy or license the rights to use it for any future games. It seems Embracer would prefer Tarsair to make something new rather than take that path. So I was I was currently wondering, like, when I initially read the news story, I was like, when I have read the first bit, I was like, Oh, I, I imagine Embracer was actually the ones who decided. I like how when you get to like the bottom, it's just like, yeah, probably. This is probably did. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm going to be honest, it sounds real douchey, but uh, ask for a comment on what it plans, uh, what his plans are for the series. Namco uh, intimated that it could continue making Little Nightmares games without Tarsair's input. We have nothing to announce at this moment, wrote a spokesperson, but since we receive so much love from our fans all around the world with the release of Little Nightmares 2, we feel energized to develop more content in the future. Um, They don't currently know what studio they're going to actually task with doing this. I forget, there is, uh, there's like, there's a section where they said something real douchey. (laughs) Um, Crap. Now I can't find it. But Josh, while I look for this, tell okay. me, how do, how do you feel about this? Yeah, uh, so just to vamp for you, I guess. Um, this is interesting because I had no idea that they didn't own the IP, which is kind of is kind of annoying because like, I think if they wanted the series to die and they wrapped it up with a nice neat little bow, it kind of sucks from a, a, you know, a story perspective that they're just possibly going to keep it going kind of a thing. And then... You know, the story that they wanted to tell is going to change into something else. But I think that's kind of the nature of, you know, creating projects. And it's also the nature of having publishers is sometimes like it's awesome that from what that that, you know, PR statement uh, goes into saying about, you know, they gave them the the chance to have that creative vision and to take on those crazy ideas. Like sounds like they were given a lot of liberty and, and freedom with 
creating little nightmares, which I think would make sense because it's a pretty, you know, like it's a pretty ambitious game and it's uh, it's got a very interesting style to it. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes you have to take the risk of you not even owning the actual license to your own game that you spent so long with. Um, I think it's interesting. They talk about like how Embracer Group, like they would want to uh, uh, buy the IP or license it when the people who are, uh, you know, in this, who had created it, say they don't want it anymore. So like, I, I feel like that conversation shouldn't even be in there in, in some regards. Yeah. Cause like they wouldn't do it. They clearly said they're done in this, like, and they wouldn't have, like, I, I feel like it would have been weird for them to go to another studio or to be bought into this company to be like, Hey, you know what you need to do is more of that even though you don't want to like, cause then why would they have made the, the leap into this? Um, but that being said, I mean, it's kind of shit that camp Capcom would keep going with the series, but like, Ben and Namco. Oh, uh, excuse me. Whatever. Fuck them. No, They're no, not indie, good. so I don't care. Um, <laughs> it is a little weird that they, that they will continue the series. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see how it works. I mean, I guess it's kind of like the little big planet games. They weren't actually all developed by the same team. Right. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, but that's, I, that's not like, you know, just because it's going to keep going, then it's not the same person who originally started it, that it's going to be bad. You know, like I'm not going to, yeah, I'm exactly. not going to say that, but it is going to be weird and it's, it's going to be, you know, obviously different in a certain way. And I'm sure that might sit well with some and not with others. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've yet to play Little Nightmares 2. Um, I'm actually super stoked to play it because I actually really enjoyed the first. But I I hope that if they continue the series, they continue with this same caliber of story. Uh, the same right. caliber of storytelling as they had before. But I currently have no idea. I think Little Nightmares 2 is actually getting pretty decent reviews across yeah, the board. About, I've seen like seven to eights. Yeah, it's about average kind of kind yeah. of game, uh, apparently. Um, but... All in all, I think I, I couldn't find what I thought they were talking shit. Maybe I just fucking hallucinated it because I'm tired. I have you no just idea. always think people are but, talking shit. Yeah, dude. I think I have a problem. You I just do. always think people too, are insulting me. You're too so aggressive. I'm just insulting people just, first, just bro. Just relax, man. Just I relax. Got, I got problems, bro. I got I got me some problems. Mm. But Speaking yeah, of problems. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. But like you said, speaking of problems, our next news story is over on GameSpot. It is written by Eddie Mukuk, and it is Peter Molyneux's 22 Can Studio Renax or Enax. What the fuck? I don't know what Renax means. Enax layoffs, because I don't know why. I was like re. He's uh, reenacting his layoffs. Yeah, yeah. I have no, I, I have no idea why I just did that. Uh, but whatever. You ever wonder Hold if on. the only, like, one of the main reasons outside of the like obvious, like I'm a piece of shit thing. And like a liability to any brand, but like, do you ever wonder if the reason that I will never get a job at GameSpot or in any sort of affiliated content with them is I'm because I can't pronounce their fucking names correctly? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they're just like, dude, I've... you've been calling me Eddie McCook for like <laughs> two years, bro. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that's why I chose not to do the names or read off any of the articles. I was like, you got a big boy. You're, uh, you're. It's all you. That's assuming people are that petty. Then they're just like, fuck you. <laughs> I don't think so, but I don't know. Maybe if his name is like real, real different, then maybe he's pissed off. There's a guy for the gamer that his name is Sean Murray, and that totally threw me off. It's spelled the like the exact same, and I was like, hold up, what? 
and I like had to like look at I like fucking eagle eyed his picture and I was like, okay, it's not the same guy. That would have been weird because it was like I think they were actually reporting on the No Man's Sky story and I was like, seems like a conflict of interest. He's writing like, his own what? articles. <laughs> It was weird. It was Game weird. is super but, great. People should buy it. <laughs> Check it out. Lots of free content. Please spend $60. <laughs> <laughs> buy several copies. Good for the whole family. Uh, but... Onto the news story. Veteran game developer Peter Molyneux's UK studio 22 Cans has undergone a round of layoffs. Multiple employees were let go in the move, but the precise numbers of cuts what? the precise number of cuts was not made public. A spokesperson confirmed to GamesIndustry.biz that the layoffs at the Fable Designer Studios were due to a variety of reasons. Unfortunately, due to a number of factors, including projects reaching a certain stage in their development we can confirm that a number of roles at 22 cans have been uh have been made redundant the studio said development at the studio is continuing however affected staff are being provided assistance to find new jobs say or the report said founded in 2012 okay so that i don't need to read that part but i i mostly wanted to talk about this because like i think it was on the last episode of etg that i did with eldar we talked about our favorite game trilogies and i talked about fable and we were both like where the fuck did peter molyneux go this is where he went yeah and he's just fucking shit up leaving scorched earth wherever he goes <laughs> i didn't even realize this was a thing either until this article came out and i was like oh oh okay what, what kind of games were they working on before and i looked at them and i was like this is this is not what i expected <laughs> yeah it's it's a little weird it's not like uh have you seen the game like some of the people who worked on fable um that worked for linehead studios they made kinseed over on like uh over on steam and i believe it's in early access it mm. looks very interesting and i love like part of the trailer is like a this is a bug but let's just call it a feature joke and i think it's awesome it brings a lot of the humor that i would expect from like former fable devs into it but yeah. checking out like basically 22 kansas games i i checked like uh goddess g-o-d-u-s seems to not be doing well people mm. are not really enjoying it it has like mixed reviews <sighs> all over can't say um, i'm surprised yeah, I I don't know exactly what happens. Like it's it. I love that the Steam page for it said something along the lines of like trying to revamp the like the God games, and I'm like, there's actually a shitload of people who are already making these games. There's yep. like Doodle God, Doodle Devil. There's there's like Reuse. There's like a shitload of people making these games, but they almost make it seem like they're the first people to r try to redo it. I'm just like, people fucking they making this shit like yeah, I, don't <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about but okay i but of course layoffs it's really like it's the the industry has this tumultuous cycle where they essentially like take on a shitload of people for development and then seemingly i'm assuming they're they're coming close to the end of a development uh of a project so they're just like cool we're mm. laying you all off which really blows yeah. i i would want to know like I mean, this is just like a transparency sake. They wouldn't actually have to reveal this in any way, but I would want to know the extent to which they are assisting them in finding new jobs. Right. But I don't really know because it doesn't seem like that happens probably, that often. Probably not. Probably severance package and just have a nice day. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it would be one. a little bit more than this. I, I hope it wouldn't be like a telltale scenario where it literally took like Emily Grace Buck kind of rallying everybody and being like, we need fucking jobs to them yeah. to act like the, the games industry to just flood them with jobs. But right. later in News Cram, we will be talking about somebody looking to hire some peeps. Uh, but that is not currently. So how, how do you feel about this other than just not knowing at all that Peter Molyneux existed in the games <laughs> Still industry? Still exists? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Honestly, like I said, that, that list, the library of games that has come from the studio is not at all anything I would ever be interested in looking at them. Um, so I can't say, like, and that's not to say that, you know, that they're anyone, bad games. Yeah, they're bad games or that anyone deserves this because I don't think that's the case. I think it's just not my style. I think it's weird coming from an ex-Fable head. Um, but yeah, I, I almost wouldn't bring it up. Right. I would almost just like not even talk about Peter Molyneux because one, Fable left such like a bad taste in people's yeah. mouths even though they're good games. And two, like they have nothing in common. Like right. it's like yeah, I made yeah. a God game and you're just like, well, okay, like, what, what does that have to do with Fable? Right, exactly. Um, I think the the interesting part about that is they wouldn't release the numbers, which makes me wonder, like, how much? Because I tried to look at how many people are even on this crew, and the only thing they'll give you is that the reason why it was called 22 Cans is because that's 22 number of people that started originally. But I don't know how big it got. I don't know how big it is now after these cuts. And it's, like, it's very interesting to see, especially because... You know, the thing that sucks is you mentioned, you know, that the dev cycles and how like once they're done with something, if they don't have an immediate next project, you kind of you have to get rid of people. Right. Because it's not um, mm-hmm. it's not financial, not financially sound to just keep people on a payroll without there being work for them to do. But the thing that sucks is like that's the reason why you figure that out as far as like project planning and add contractors if you're not in the the, the light to have people like to have something for them at the end. But I mean, that being said, it's, it's hard to manage that. And I probably would fuck up if I was in that role too. So like, I can't put any blame on people, but I think there's ways to do it better. Cause you know, there's other companies that aren't screwing it up, but yeah, I mean, there, there's also the other side of the spectrum when devs rely too much on contract work and it just yeah, doesn't make yeah, any sense. From what sure. I understand, that's one of the main problems with like Halo Infinite is that right. they have outsourced so much of the development that it's like, what the fuck is happening with this game? No, for sure. <laughs> so, it's... I mean, two sides to every coin, I guess. But still, right. I, I wish the games industry didn't have such like major layoffs, but it's just kind of like it's it's a fact of the industry currently. Yeah. It's just like... I, I, I don't know. Well, I think, it, I mean, it's 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 a clear uh, example that the work that we do in the games industry, not, not that we do, we don't fucking do anything. Yeah, but like do. the, the <laughs> work that, you know, game developers and designers do is stuff that is not in a territory where you can formalize this into a, a you know, a, a, this is the straight process that you have for XYZ because one, it's creative work and creative work can't really be done in a step A, step B kind of way, at least not to the full extent. But like two is that there's so much that goes into this. And if you're creating something that's new, whether that's a new mechanic or a new art style or just a new idea, it's like you have no way to really formalize exactly how long that's going to take. And so I think that's why it becomes a lot tougher than, say, like something that's more uh more set in stone like specifically set in stone like if you were building like an actual and like 
architecture kind of thing. If you were you had a building that you were putting up, like this thing has been done many times before. And if you're not doing anything out of the ordinary, you probably have, you know, very key indicators that you have to hit and know how many people are going to be needed because this has been done for years and years. And a lot of it is very process oriented and set in stone. But like video games are tough, man. Yeah, and it's it's such a young industry that like yeah. basically it, it almost seems like whenever criticisms of the industry come up, we all like everyone who talks about it wants it to be like every other job. They want it to be an easy like cut and dry nine to five, but it's it's obviously proven to just not be that way. Yeah, no, I don't think it ever nobody will be. likes crunch, but like games very rarely are made without it. And I would like that to change, but it's like Currently, the industry just has to work through that. We yeah. we have to find ways around it. We and I mean, I guess that's why people continue to push for like crunchless development cycles and stuff like yeah. that. So I I hope stuff continues to change. I hope someday we no longer see like mass hirings and mass layoffs, like binging and purging. I hope it doesn't exist. But currently, that is just the state of the industry. And uh, people who are far more intelligent than I can develop, uh, you know, strategies to counter that. So yeah. instead, let's talk about my level of intelligence and humor Hell over yeah. on GameSpot. This is written by Stephen T. Wright, and it is Disc Room will always take place 69 years in the future. Nice. So if you were somehow emotionally attached to this room's stated setting of 20 uh 2089 we've got bad news for you jen willem neiman maybe i don't know uh a developer of the indie action game recently revealed that the year in the game's intro automatically updates to be 69 years in the future that means the players who start the game this year we'll see the following crawl instead. So before it said 2189, now it says in 2090, a giant disc is discovered in orbit of Jupiter, a, uh, yeah, in orbit of Jupiter, a crew of international scientists is sent to investigate. So basically like they prepared for the future in one very specific way that every year that passes after this game's development, which I, I really want to know if it will actually continue like in fucking 200 years when we basically <laughs> oh just like, God. yeah, we're playing fucking full dive virtual reality and the PlayStation 4 is a rock. It's a fucking fossil. It's like encased in amber, like Jurassic Park. Somebody chips it out, boots up disc room, and it's just like, this is based in, I don't know, 2264. I don't, I don't know. I didn't think that through. I should have actually done the match just now. Just 200. But I'm too tired for that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I could have just easily said, yeah, 2290, but instead I was yeah. like, fuck me. I'm just, <laughs> just going to go some weird shit. Just fucking, <laughs> why you got to complicate things, Vaughn? <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just the way I do things. It's just like that, like the overthinking things to the point where I'm like about to shit my pants thing. My wife keeps telling me she's like, I just wish that you could stop that. You could be like, I don't have to poop, but I'm like, I can't. It's just not possible. So, it's too tough. Sometimes you just got to poop. You know, I just get too in my head about things and I'm just like, it's happening. So, Josh. Tell me your thoughts on this 69 years in the future debacle. 
that's happening with Discord. Debacle. Yeah, because there's got to be someone out there that's really annoyed that this is going to continually update until seemingly the end of time. Until the Earth, its, its oceans are wiped out by a solar flare. That they're annoyed that fucking Disc Room is always 69 years in the future. I got to tell you, uh, this is a pretty funny little joke here. Uh, <laughs> the fact that they got four paragraphs out of this is nuts. This okay, is... dude. The the fact that, like, that's written by GameSpot, right? Yeah. The fact that they got four paragraphs out of that, but there is a news article about the announcement of a video game. I believe it was Neon White that I did for Newscram. Literally, like, three sentences. Less nope. than three sentences. I was like, you didn't even try. There's not even a picture. They're, like, barely links. What the fuck is yeah. happening? Like, I'm going to see if I can find it. Honestly, it annoyed me so much when I came across it that I was did, just like, did you try? Do you know what Neon White all? is? Have you have you seen the yeah. Nintendo Direct? Mm -hmm. I checked it out last week when Errol talked about it in the Discord. Yeah, Once yeah, again, yeah. make sure to join the IndiePod Discord in our pinned tweet so you can talk about indie games. But, yeah, this is written by, like, Steve Watts, and it is literally, let's see, one, uh, two, three fucking sentences. <laughs> what it looks like a game i'm gonna love it looks also, dope as shit made dude. by the same guy who did donut county yeah yeah i mean we're gonna talk about it in news cram it seems really cool but like yeah, yeah the fact that they juiced like i fucking i forget who wrote uh, that news article but you need to te teach steve watts how to elongate shit actually that's not true because a lot of the time shit is way too, way too overblown yeah. there is a perfect median there yeah. and shit is either way too long and they need to learn chunking or like fucking way too short it's like two sentences <laughs> you're yeah. like are you serious right now why'd you even write it i like, do who, i do what? i do like it sometimes when they add like random shit that has like nothing to do with the article though because it gives you like little interesting facts that i didn't know like this one right here several of the developers who worked on it previously collaborated on the similarly uh similarly compact action game minute didn't know that yeah that's cool yeah i mean we'll actually talk about it in news cram but like wow. yeah a lot it's, of the people who everything in news cram yeah exactly oh a lot goodness. of the people who worked on disc room also worked on minute and wow. worked on minute uh the racing game wow so it's kind of it's interesting like, like it's like we're an indie all news game podcast we got like got like all these facts and shit are we are i we know something dude. right i fucking know it's almost right? like this is what we do every fucking week oh do yeah we? i don't do I like shit. that dude i gotta <laughs> find a way i gotta find a way to get that video to actually it's so good properly. though oh yeah oh yeah it's good it's good <laughs> I fucking need that. I need that because I want to get that into the internet because I have. It's perfect. I have officially successfully completed being a podcaster when I can mm -hmm. type in either my name or something weird that goes with that, you know, that general idea and a gif of my face comes up. That's what I fucking want. Okay, yeah, that's your measure of success. That's my measure of success. You actually when have I, a gif. When someone is without even thinking about it using my face. In their conversations, gif like gif wise, fucking did it. You're like, I can just die then. Actually, like I've 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 peaked. It's only it's all downhill from here. Pull up the contract. 
We're over. No million episodes for me. I'm fucking done. The We're second done. I get a gift. I love that you personally tried to make this gift so like there was a time where we were, I believe, recording or like on a break or something, or I, I think it might have been when we were waiting for uh Caitlin on, yeah, on that yeah, episode. We were you were Caitlin. trying to do the gift and it was just like every time you exported it, it was so it fucked up. It kept getting like, so why? screwed up. I don't understand why. I don't know why. It was and awesome. like there's no reason why it should have had a problem. But I digress. Um, clearly, this is a, <laughs> so, a riveting news story because we've taken absolutely. such a wide tangent. Um, <laughs> 69 is a great number, and I think we can move on. We're just so fucking good at it, dude. So our last news story for today, at least our big ones, is over on The Gamer. It's written by James Troughton. I'm fucking up everybody's name, okay? I'm just going to say from now on, Chris Penwell, he writes everything for The Gamer. That's it. He's Close the enough. fucking Liam Doolin of The Gamer. Oh, man. Okay? Where's Liam Doolin? <laughs> Where's the fucking Nintendo Life articles? Uh, dude, I, I see him sometimes. Oh. When I shoot through news cram, I'm like, Liam, it's good to see that you're still out there. Good. You're still, still doing there. shit. I appreciate you. Liam, when he fixes his internet, he better he better come on the podcast. Yeah, and I can criticize him if I find an article that says a game is only coming to Nintendo Switch. I can be like, why? I know. Why would you do that? I fucking, yeah. every time Nintendo Life does it, they're like, it's coming to Nintendo Switch. And I'm like, and 65 other platforms. Like, it's coming to the fucking Amiga or whatever. Like, fucking single cell organisms can play this fucking game. And they're just like, only the Nintendo Switch. Fuck me. Whatever. <laughs> so... Our next news story, like I said, over on The Gamer, this is the Nintendo Switch version of Firewatch has an exclusive secret. An extensive retro theme Easter egg has been added to Firewatch's Nintendo Switch port, which launched on December 17th, 2018. I kind of wonder if anyone knew this existed until now, by the way, because it's just now. Like, this is the first report I've personally seen of it, but that's also just because I suck ass at everything. Like right. This, You're saying this Easter egg, like this thing that's in the actual Switch game? Yeah, I'm wondering if it was noticed right. before kind before, of a thing. Before, yeah. Before, before like 2020. Like if it took almost two years or 20, if it took almost three years for yeah. this to actually like come out. But it's not just a fun little cartridge in Henry's tower or a shed of a shred of dialogue. Shed. What the fuck is wrong with me? I but believe in you. A Words are hard. Fully but you'll get yeah, there. Thank, Don't you worry. Thank you so much. A fully functioning added game mode exclusive to the handheld console. Getting it up and running takes some steps, but it's easy enough to pull off. On the bear tooth and thoroughfare sign, you'll find a little note which adds a 1964 onto your map. Nested between thoroughfare basin and wapiti meadow. I don't know. Um, mm. <laughs> Mulk Point, Mulk Point, and Beartooth Point. It's right by Cash 341. Uh, going here has its very own box to open. I think that's actually a really weird way to say that. It's got its very own box to open. I guess the cache has a box. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's weird. There's an N64 uh, cartridge in there. <laughs> 
Uh, one that does, in fact, contain a cartridge from the game called Forest 64. With it in hand, you need to venture toward a brand new statue that's been added to the park. It's an N64-themed character that Campo Santo has created just for this Easter egg. He's a short, stout little man with a shovel in hand, wearing a classic, almost Friday the 13th-looking counselor outfit. I like how they compared it to Friday the 13th. Bro looks straight out of fucking Curious George, bruh. Like, he looks exactly the same. Friday the 13th, my ass. This is fucking George's, like, I'm, I'm gonna say it's George's pet. George ain't the pet. He's the uh -huh. fucking, he's the dom, okay? And we've got this little sub, little cuck ass. He's sitting here in his stupid ass little, like, yellow suit. I don't know. Curious George looking ass. Freaking. I don't even know that guy's name, I'm gonna be honest. Like, uh, literally I think it's just no the idea. man in the yellow hat, isn't it? Maybe? Yeah, I... Maybe. I don't know, Curious George. I just know he's a monkey. Whatever. Wow. Uh, he's Yeah, he's Fucking a short wow. sound man looking, looking like a counselor. And you have to use the cartridge here. You are then transported into like a 3D, 3D platformer collect-a-thon level of the game where you go around grabbing a bunch of different like firewatch icons that's it that's like it's it's an honestly really cool easter egg and i'm glad that we have a question about this in the listener questions about easter eggs because this is fucking cool yeah this is like, probably I, the coolest one dude and also 100 i was watching the video of like the person playing it the music so good man the music makes me straight up just think of like the old banjo kazooie games and i'm just like man this looks like it's straight out of an N64 game. Like I feel like I could have nostalgia from this, even though I've never played it. <laughs> You're like, I'm getting some hardcore nostalgia vibes from this. Yeah. And they're like, it right. it's fucking made in like 2018, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't matter, man. It makes, brings me right back to my childhood. Did you ever play Firewatch just in general? No, I've never played it. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. It's always. I mean, you've been, been on like kind backlog. of like an adventure game kick recently. I know. Maybe I so. should. Maybe I should. Yeah, it's always been one that I've wanted to. <laughs> it's good. Listen, the people listening to this are going to be like, "What the fuck? What was that pause for?" <laughs> <laughs> and you'll never know unless you watch it on YouTube. Uh, so, the 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 game has always been on my my backlog of sorts, but I've just I've never gotten to it. But I've heard so many great things. And really? it sucks because I, I wouldn't pick this up on Switch, but like, kind of want that uh, that little Easter egg. I like. There's so many people that talk shit about this game that are just like, "Oh, it's so misleading." Like, really? they're thinking it's going to be a supernatural story kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, I I personally I fucking love this shit, dude. I I loved Firewatch. Like I, I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was a very well told, uh, it was a very well told story. And I like, I personally went into it not expecting a, like anything super crazy. So I think if you go into it with, with like measured expectations of mm -hmm. what is going to happen in the game, instead of like kind of leading into the hype, it's very, very good. Plus art style fucking chef's kiss it looks very, very good. It's really awesome. Mm -hmm. I really loved it. So, that is our last news story for today. If you would like to take part in this cool little Easter egg, make sure to pick up Firewatch on the Nintendo Switch. It's a cool game just in general, but this is also a cool added benefit. But it's time for us to hop into news, Graham. Graham. 
News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, cram you full of all sorts of indie game news. Cram. This week in News Cram, we we have uh, two quick news stories. What if two... I did that in between every article? <laughs> That'd be pretty crazy. That would, I would imagine that would feel a little bit abrupt. People would be like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck was that? <laughs> I'm getting crammed right now. <laughs> what the hell is even that? <laughs> <laughs> all right we've yeah. got some new deals and quick steals and some new stuff of course our first quick news story for today comes by way of nintendo life where it's reported that the people behind shovel knight pocket dungeon are currently looking for additional members to pad out their team near the end of development they're currently looking for experienced game maker to developers for all those interested send your samples to careers at yachtclubgames.com specifically mm. that was what the article said so wow. if you want to work with yacht club you want to work on Damn. shovel knight pocket dungeon send your shit over there first off i can't wait for this game second off can't believe we got a thing about developers contracting uh right in this news cram article yeah and third thing motherfucking <laughs> liam doolin <laughs> like just gotta call it out just gotta, gotta say hey out. buddy gotta what's go. up dude all right let's go let's go and lastly, over on The Gamer, it's reported that Dev Studio, very positive, and their game Emoji Evolution has seemingly been excised from the Steam Marketplace. Yet, for those still wishing to support and or check out the game, it's been reposted on itch.io. I'm so surprised. So you can this... head over there. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. It's so fucking dumb, dude. Even if they <laughs> said that they were trying to trick people, it's like... So does fucking everyone. Do you know, know how many hentai tags I see on fucking Steam games that have no titty? Like, have no fucking actual sex in the game, bro? So many. You're okay. So, so salty. It's my <laughs> job to be an informed consumer. I have to watch to I mean, see if it has what I want. It really is. I was going to say I'm surprised this wasn't our main, like one of our main news article discussions because I feel like it's mostly because the. Tangent. But, it, it was mostly because the article itself didn't actually have a whole lot of additional I information. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. say that they got banned, but like Steam hasn't said that they got banned. It's just gone. They're just so gone like, from existence. Yeah, that's why I said excised instead of banned because it's just gone. Like yeah. it's like they cut it off. They're just like boop. Like yeah, I don't know if they like very positive that development studio can never come back to Steam or if like it's contingent on them changing it to like Monkey Ball Studio or whatever. Like I don't that fucking seems know. More reasonable. Yeah, they very specifically are like, we need your studio to be called Gooch. I hope they uh, they rebrand it and they just rebrand it to It's a Good Game. Ah, okay. What if they? How awesome would it be if they just said like mixed? Like, they just put it as, like, mixed reviews. <laughs> mixed. Did the exact opposite. And they're just like, I mean, you're still doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, you're... I wonder if, if Valve and, like, Steam would be annoyed about it if they just said, like, if they changed it from very positive to just, like, mixed reviews. Sort of positive. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be really interesting. Uh, yeah. They're just like, I mean... <sighs> I guess that works. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't think this is reason to ban them, but whatever. And we currently don't even know if they're banned. They're just their game does not exist on the platform anymore. But you can go check it out on itch. It's kind of like the uh, I, from what I understand, it's like a pay what you want scenario with this mm -hmm. game as well. Similar to a lot of games over on itch. So you could pay a bunch. You could pay nothing. You can fucking hawk a hundred bucks at them because you thought that what they did was fucking hilarious. 
Nobody knows. I mean, honestly, I think it's fucking dumb. That Do you they think they'll rebrand got... to not as positive games? I think that would be great. Do you think they'll rebrand to like Steam sucks my anus? Do you think that? I think Do that's think a that? stretch. I think. Oh, okay. okay. I think that might maybe monkey balls though. I think that's <laughs> now. Now I'm getting a little warmer on monkey balls, which is a weird okay. sentence to say. All right. uh <laughs> Now onto some new deals and quick steals. Our first deal of this week comes by way of Polygon, where it's reported that several awesome indies have just been added to Xbox Game Pass, including Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire on console, Super I'm Hot so on PC. pissed it's only console. <laughs> yeah, it does really suck. Admittedly, that does really blow. I mean, I bought it when it was on sale, so I don't whatever, dude. I'm a cool, I'm a cool, I'm a cool kid. I'm, I'm that, that kid. Uh, and Killer Queen Black on both console and the cloud. And lastly, over on The Gamer, it is reported that you can pick up Lovecraftian Adventure RPG Sunless Sea by Fail Better Games on the Epic Games Store completely free from February 25th until March 4th. I mean, fucking Fail Better Games just seems like it's, it's like an all-encompassing idea for our twitch streams and everyone who's just like vaughn just do better and i'm like i don't understand what you mean by that I'm it's having, impossible I'm i just fucking suck a lot of fun with the cuphead streams <laughs> it's like every time they're just like vaughn do better and i'm just like how how like <laughs> it would be nice awesome. though but it's okay. I mean, it definitely would be. You would actually have maybe have beaten the game. You never know. By now, probably, because I, I feel like it's if, not a, it's not a long game. I feel like if we were <laughs> on the same page, we'd, uh, we'd get through it a lot quicker. Uh, I love how you do. Like, if you were not an idiot, <laughs> we'd get through it. I did not say that. You're like, I mean, you said it. Not me. You said it. Not I me. I mean, I'll just agree. That's fine. <laughs> Now onto some new stuff. Our first four items in new stuff come away of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that Adventure RPG Sorcery <laughs> Parts 1 and 2 are headed to the Nintendo Switch sometime in Q3 2021. That Metroidvania Blasphemous has just received a new PC-free DLC that adds both levels from Bloodstained Ritual of the Night as well as the protagonist herself, Miriam, to the game. Cool. That 2D action platformer, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 by Inti Creates, is getting a physical release on the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 through limited run games, with pre-orders going live on February 25th and running through the 26th of March. And lastly, that platformer Sir Lovelot by Pixel.lu is headed to the PC via Steam and the Nintendo Switch on March 3rd. Now over to Polygon, where it's reported that Shovel Knight has officially invaded For Honor with several themed costumes attributed to the titular Spade Warrior. Uh, honestly, the article did not get real details on this. I don't know if it exists currently or if this is something coming later. I have no idea if you unlock them, if you pay for them. No fucking idea, but they will eventually exist in For Honor. There you go. Keep your eyes Now peeled. over on Twinfinite, where it supported that. Adventure RPG, Chicory, A Colorful Tale by Greg Lobanov is now... Uh, headed to the PlayStations 4 and 5, as well as PC via Steam sometime later this year. We already knew PC, but the PlayStation 4 and 5 are pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. I made sure to include that, mostly because I didn't want people to think that it wasn't coming to PC. So it's like, I'm just going to put that there, even though you already knew it. So there That's you go. Good. 
Now, over on IGN, where it is reported that uh, the minds behind the hit 2018 adventure game Minute and action adventure game Disc Room have for or have joined forces once again, and this results being a new racing game called Minute Fun Racer, which is currently available on PC via Steam and itch.io, costing between $2.99, $9.99, or $19.99, with all the proceeds going to charity. They have yet to actually pick out the charity. It took me a while to figure what? that out. It's going to charity, but they don't know which one. And I'm expecting, like, the charity of my pocket. And kind of a thing, like I, I, me just being like somewhat of a pessimist. I'm just like the the like Vaughn doesn't have to eat ramen charity. Like what's what charity is this going towards? But I think it's cool that they're doing it in general. This looks pretty so cool. cute. <laughs> yeah, it looks really interesting. I love I, the art style. <laughs> yeah, Minute has a really cool art style yeah. in general, and then they made like a, a like a pseudo racing game based on it. It does look very cute. It's, it looks really, really interesting. Uh, that smash hit Battle Royale game, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout by Mediatonic, is headed to the Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch sometime this summer. That massively popular survival game, Valheim, by Iron Gate Studios, is set to receive more content throughout 2021, including possible mini-bosses and ship customization. It's all kind of up in the air exactly what's going to happen with that game, but 100% it's going to receive more content because that shit is blowing up. Uh, everybody's have you, fucking have you started to, to look it. into checking that game out mm -hmm. yeah i almost bought it like last week i feel yeah. i feel like it's it's a game for you uh, it's, all of my friends are playing it right now and they've been trying to get me into it and i've just been like no i mean i like survival craft games in general i like norse like the norse setting mm -hmm. and i also like i enjoy base building and i enjoy what seems to be its combat style like there's so much about it that i think that i will really like but currently, I'm just like, you know what? I'm playing fucking Shattered. I like, I'm playing these different games. Like, I don't need to get into Valheim right now. I don't need to pay $19.99. That's how it's the same rationale. Like, when the Steam Lunar Sale like came around, my cart at the end of it, after I picked everything I wanted, was two hundred or it was one hundred and twenty-four dollars. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay. Now, what games will I play right now, or what is like a DLC to something that I'm gonna play soon? Guess how much money I spent mm. from $124. My wife guessed $60. I'm going to say 40 $10. Ooh. I spent $10. Yeah. Damn. Mm -hmm. Look at you, yeah. you frugal fuck. I literally only bought the like Dark Moon expansion for Elder Scrolls Online. That's the only thing I bought during that. <laughs> so proud. It was like ten bucks. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna play more Elder Scrolls Online sooner or later, so just gonna do that. Mm. But there you go. Valheim getting some more content. That action adventure game, Outer Wilds by Mobius Digital, is headed to the Nintendo Switch sometime this summer. That open universe exploration game, No Man's Sky, just received yet another piece of free content. Uh, yeah, another piece of free... I fucking... I fucked this up. A uh, piece of free content that gives players the ability to tame, breed, and train the creatures they encounter throughout their travels. I think that's fucking dope. That makes me want to play No Man's Sky so badly. I've seen people, like, not only riding on beetles, but cuddling with the beetle. Fuck yeah, oh, dude. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Cool. It's a space beetle. It's even better. Wow. It's fucking awesome. What a world. Uh, that... 
Action, <laughs> action Roguelite Dandy Ace by Mad Mimic is headed to PC via Steam on March 25th with the console supports of the game scheduled for sometime this summer. This game, like, its combat style looks very similar to Hades, and in the article, they reference Hades mm -hmm. as, like, kind of I, I literally the exact same way. So if you're a fan of Hades, check out Dandy Ace. It's coming to Steam March 25th. Yep, uh, and lastly, cool. that Overcooked All You Can Eat is headed to the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam on March 23rd. Now it's over on the Gamer where it's reported that Action RPG Crosscode by Radical Fish Games is getting a new set of post-game DLC titled A New Home with a release date of February 26th that will continue the game's main narrative. That 3D platformer Bang on Balls Chronicles by Exit Plan Games is headed to Steam Early Access uh, on March 3rd. And lastly, that management sim Buildings Have Feelings too. It has I, like an exclamation point, so I just I felt like that. I fucking inflection. love that voice you just used. Yeah. I feel like that should, should be in the title screen. Uh, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Absolutely. Should. If they're if they're gonna if they're gonna cut anything, they fucking me, man. Yeah, they need dude. Clip me. I think uh, I think they need that. I think I think everybody needs some of that. I think you know everybody what I mean? needs that. Developers, you can, get on. You can't see show. I'm winking. <laughs> by Blackstaff Games is headed to the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC via Steam sometime this March. And to round out the group over on GameSpot, it is reported that Action Roguelite Hades by Supergiant Games is officially getting a physical release exclusively on the Nintendo Switch with pre-orders already live and a price of $35. That indie publisher Annapurna Interactive has just announced an upcoming first-person action platformer, Neon White, developed by Ben Esposito, the creator of puzzle game Donut County. But don't get too excited. The game won't be releasing until winter 2021 on PC and the Nintendo Switch. And lastly, that turn-based tactics game Bravery, or Bravery Network Online by Gloom is now available in Steam Early Access. The game looks really cool, honestly. It has a very like Scott Pilgrim versus the World Art style. I would recommend if anybody enjoys that art style, check that shit out because it looks really cool. But, Big Josh Boy, we've been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories that it's time for us to get back to the creators. In our next segment, God Bless the Crowd, this is where the biggest of average Josh Boys find something awesome for us to talk about over on crowdfunding sites, and we do just so. This week, we are headed over to Kickstarter as per freaking huge. I mean, it's just because it's, like, the best platform to do this shit with. But I whatever. mean, yeah. I check Fig, like, every week, and they never have anything new. I kind of hate Indiegogo's website. I mostly it's stick weird. to Kickstarter because it's just, this is where a lot of the, the crowdfunding is, you know? Like, Indiegogo looks like it's a place where you'd get your identity Scammed? stolen. Yeah, and 100%. Or find, like, be hit up by a pedophile. Like, it looks <laughs> like the cross-section between those two things it's like i'm definitely gonna get sold some sort of antivirus software that actually fucks up my computer on indiegogo yes yeah. that's guaranteed gonna happen yeah, i have to I'm... do this every fucking time because this no, you got it you refuses got it. to focus you got on it. my face but this week 
We're headed over to Kickstarter to talk about Pine, a story-driven game, uh, a story about loss and letting go told through illustration, animation, and interaction. The developers specifically named uh, Made Up Games were originally looking for $80,000. They currently have, at the time of this recording, $92,448 with $1,683 backers and 20 days, or no, not 20, 10. 10 fucking days left to go. What? 10 20. days. Close. Ugh. And to get out on the ground floor, you just got to fork up five bucks. And you not only get a copy of Pine, you also get digital wallpaper pack, our deepest appreciation, which I'm just going to say that's fine now. I don't, as long as it's not a tier by its own. You know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, it is. It fucking is. It is, baby. Ah! $1 tier. And access to dev updates. So, Josh, what do you think about Pine? Um, this definitely isn't really like my normal style of game, I'll say, but I think it looks very close to something of a same similar style to Florence. Um, it has that same very, you know, narrative feel to it. A very, um, I, I like a lot of the somber tones in this about the fact that it is a story about loss. It seems to be you going through this lumberjack's story or maybe not lumberjack, but he's some he's kind of woodworker. woodworker. Yeah. Yeah of going through his story and the loss of probably, it seems to be either his wife or daughter, or some individual, um, and him dealing with that, right? And so they they talk about this being a, a blend between, you know, somewhat movie slash a game of, you know, kind of controlling those actions, but it not being too like mechanically intensive, which I think is fine. I think for a s- small experience, which I assume this would be, excuse me, I'm like fucking, dying over here <clears throat> uh excuse me i think it, it it would work and the the two individuals who are on this seem to be passionate about it based on the the interview uh that's in the kickstarter um personally like i said probably is not something i would back um and plus i don't have to because they kind of made it but i thought it looked cute i thought it looked interesting and i think this is definitely in the right set to to be something like that the next florence if done correctly um so it's one that i i thought i wanted to shout out just to kind of keep tabs on so to speak I, I think the comparison to Florence is is very, very apt, especially because it was originally only planned for like Android and iOS. Yep. Very similar to Florence. And then like it reached a stretch goal that is going to include a PC, Mac and Linux uh, release of the game. So mm-hmm. I think they're very much shooting for like a Florence style yep. like idea of it, with the exception of seemingly you're not going to be like piecing together dialogue bubbles and stuff like that. But it also doesn't have dialogue. That is something that they talk about. Uh, in the like trailer itself and throughout the Kickstarter is that this game actually lacks spoken dialogue or like written dialogue. And I think that's really awesome that it's entirely through like, uh, it's very much like Florence where it's entirely through the pictures and their interaction with other characters in the universe that we actually get the story told. I'm fairly certain um, that this was his wife because if it was his daughter, he's looking at her in a weird way. He's... (laughs) He's he's got them fuck me eyes and it's a little weird. Yeah, so maybe I very much hope that it is his wife. I'm gonna be honest, like this is giving me some hardcore, uh, hardcore, hardcore like Florence or like up feels, which is a little weird saying up, but like just yeah. that first section of up where you yep. just want to kill yourself because it's so yep. fucking sad. That is a that's 
that that's the a, shit I'm seeing right here. <laughs> that is a, a, a pull on the heartstrings, if you will. Um, no, but I like. I'm glad you brought that point up because I really do enjoy the fact that they're not putting any dialogue in this because I think that obviously there is the caveat or not the caveat, but the risk of taking this approach because if you're not good at, at storytelling in a way without words, you're not going to have a good game or story, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, if it, it is, can be done poorly. Right. But if it is done well, it's so incredible because being able to tell that story in a way that is very unique and very emotional instead is so much more impactful, at least in my eyes. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see, you know, where this goes. I want to see what story they can tell and how it's told and if that's going to stick with people. I mean, it should be said that the art looks fucking great. I mean... Yeah. There are some tidbits I have, like, I am I really hope that it hits this 100,000 stretch goal so that they can add more scenes, uh, will be animated, and key scenes will feature more fluid animation because, mm -hmm. in all honesty, I found the trailer to be a little bit, like, it, um... It's very, it like, storyboarded, like like, right? Yeah, it yeah. seemed like it had, like, some frame rate hitching uh -huh. where, like, sometimes they would be very fluid, but other times they'd be like... Uh, uh, yeah uh, uh, kind of like barely moving so i i hope they hit the hundred thousand um stretch goals so that they can implement like a couple more flames like literally just a few to smooth it out kind of a deal but the art style reminds me very much of like a short from like disney's fantasia kind of a deal yeah, yeah. like it looks very reminiscent of that art style and i think it looks really really awesome admittedly there was a moment in the trailer trailer where i audibly laughed I thought it was so funny when like he so he's like in his like in his head he's thinking of the past and he's like it's really sad moment but like the way they depict it is super funny to me where like he's holding the hand like he's about to kiss the hand of the person that he loves and yeah. then it shoots forward he's kissing like a wood hand <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I laughed super hard I was just like <laughs> It was just such a weird thing to have. So I was like, I, I cracked up quite a bit, but honestly, the game looks really, really good. I might actually check it out, especially for five bucks. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not a crazy Like, I don't ask. know. Yeah, I don't know if I'll back it necessarily because it's already hit that. Well, I mean, I do want it to hit the 100,000, so maybe I'll toss some five bucks. It's not it's not fucking insane. Right. But I, I personally, I think I'll check it out when the game actually comes out, if it's anything like florence was because i very i really adored that game especially the music still don't know why the soundtrack was taken off spotify it might be back now but i don't know shit was great um i hope that this game has similar uh similar feels when it comes to the music but of course they like it's obviously like entirely different teams that are making this game versus florence but i hope the seemed inspiration also is taken like it is taken into account when you like bring in their composer kind right. of deal but yep. personally think the game looks awesome uh probably going to check it out seemingly it's going to be a small experience and it's going to make me want to die so like why not like that's gonna be good shit <sighs> good shit <clears throat> any last remarks that you want to uh get off your chest while we're still talking about this game on kickstarter no i think i'm good all right. I mean, I, I'm so glad we didn't end that with me talking about how I was going to kill myself. Uh, so me on too, to our but, listener you know, questions. Sometimes these things just happen. <laughs> sometimes you just, 
You'll, you gotta let it go, you know? It's yeah, all about letting exactly. go. That's what Pine is about, all right? And Vaughn <laughs> is letting go. You fucking, you got it, dude. You got it. So, time to hop into our listener questions. Sam Fillion from Canada writes in and says, uh, There I was last night playing the Resident Evil Village demo. Also, on, do you have a PlayStation 5, Sam? Because I'm pretty sure that demo is only on only, PS5. Only PS5, yeah. What the fuck, Sam? Sam's got that you fucking ain't telling us money. you got PS5? Yeah, dude. Sam's got that homie hookup, apparently, in, like, the government or whatever to get a PlayStation 5. I don't know how people are getting them. Doesn't make any sense. I want to play me some Demon Souls, bruh. Things are different in Canada. Bring it over. Let's hang out, Sam. But let's <laughs> play the Resident trip. Evil Village demo. <laughs> All the way from Canada, so yeah. I can play David's. Also, I'm like, oh, could you also buy the game for me, please? Because you <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to spend seventy dollars. <sighs> ah, so I was playing the Resident Evil Village demo. I felt a tap on my shoulder, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I was spooked as fuck. Then two minutes later, same thing. Turns out it was my cat. Also, your cat is just tapping you on the fucking shoulder Slave. all leisurely, like. Hey, bro. I mean, your cat's fucking creepy, bro. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I don't like, really it's my believe... turn to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, the second he dies, it's like, okay, fucking give right, me the controller. The it's controller. Like, yeah, when I was a kid playing Grand Theft Auto with my brother and lying to him, saying that I put in the on water cheat and he drives into the ocean, I'm like, dumbass, take my the turn. controller. <laughs> my brother's fucking older than me, by the way. <laughs> I'm the youngest of the three children, and I'm fucking goofing on him. Actually, we did a lot to each other. I hit him in the face with a metal pole once. That's a Oof. that's a deal. Yeah, man, this is taking quite yeah. a turn. Fun, uh, fun family memories here, given by a uh, sleepy Vaughn. But I don't remember. Uh, I I don't believe in much, but I love the idea of. I like how you paranormal stuff. The quotes are great. Paranormal stuff. Whatever that uh, means. Did you ever experience a spooky moment? If not, what's your stance on the paranormal? So, Josh, have you experienced the paranormal? Have has has your willy been touched or tickled by uh, by a ghosty by a ghosty boy? And like, what's your just I guess in general thoughts on it? Like initially, you got the little tickle, and you're just like, oh my god, it's a ghost. But you tur it turned out. It was also a cat. And you're like, I don't even own a cat. That would so, be spooky. Yeah. Um, what happened? The spookiest thing I had was uh, I had this. I don't know if you know. Uh, there used to be a kid's show that was about a dog that would push you to read books. And its name was Wishbone. Don't know if you ever heard about it. I Wish, don't, Wishbone I don't was great, man. Wishbone was. I this... watched Cyber Chase. Thank you very much. And Arthur. So. <laughs> well. Excuse me. <laughs> Wishbone was great. He would be this dog who would talk about very famous books. And what they would do is they'd basically reenact it. But they would reenact it with the dog playing as the characters. Like the char like the dog would be Robin Hood and would be in the little like costume. And they would have him yep. talk like, you know, like it's inside his head kind of a thing. Um, I really enjoyed it to the point where I had a little stuffed plushie of a, of a little Wishbone dog. And I loved the dog. But it would have it where you would be able to like pinch his tail or like his feet or things and there would be little buttons in there that would activate him to say something and it would be like who wants to play with a cute little dog god it's weird how that's like drilled into my my fucking brain <laughs> anyway so that toy 
We ripped out the battery one day because it was really annoying and wouldn't stop talking, and it kept doing it. <laughs> like, I don't know why it was for a small amount of time. It's like, you know, when uh, certain creatures, you chop off their head, but they're still moving. Like, it was exactly like that. It was still talking. My oh God, it was so creepy. I do not understand what to this day was causing him to still talk. Um, eventually it stopped. But that is probably the only thing of like one of those like, what the fuck is happening right now that's happened to me? I love anyway. that you equate this to the paranormal. You're just like... <laughs> Because it's weird talking dogs. spooking me out. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Because it was like late at night and it just started talking on its own again. And I was like, what is happening? I mean, if it stopped and then did it, I would be freaked out. But if it was always just doing it, I wouldn't be that freaked out. I would just be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, because you would randomly have it where like it would just it would fall or something and it would just start talking. Like, I don't understand. So we ripped out the battery pack and then it still would do that shit. And we were like, what is happening? Then it eventually died out. I don't know. Maybe there was like a backup reserve battery or something. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, stance isn't a thing. I don't believe in paranormal. You don't think ghosts are a thing? Nope. Only talking dogs. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, so I I don't think I've, I mean, my entire life is a spooky experience. Like I'm fucking afraid of everything. So like, uh, fuck me. But like, I, I've never had uh, what I would call any sort of like a paranormal experience. I've never seen an orb, you know what I mean? But, um, my personal stance on it, and I, I don't necessarily believe in ghosts or any of the paranormal, but I don't think like I'm on the fence about it. Like there's no proof of it, but there's like, how do you like, know? How do you, yeah, there's no say one way or disproving the other? it. Yeah, exactly. And I almost think it's kind of like close minded of people to think that like the soul can exist and that ghosts can't exist when it's like we don't even understand the fucking dimension or the reality that we exist in. So it's like maybe they fucking exist. Maybe ghosts are just someone in a different dimension, like fucking chatting like they're they're in a parallel universe that it turns out you just didn't move into that apartment and somebody kept fucking cockroaches and you heard like scratching all night because it's cockroaches and it's just sound from the fourth dimension. I don't fucking know. Like you have such an imagination currently. Yes, currently I am very just agnostic. When it comes to the idea of the paranormal, with the exception of ghosts kind of freak me out and I would never want to be haunted specifically because you can't punch a ghost. That's true. You can't grab its dick, right? Yeah. You can't twist its dick off. I like, I've not, I'm not even joking. I had this conversation with my wife like two weeks ago because she's like, she's really into like the conjuring universe and uh, I was like, I'm not scared of like the idea of demons because I feel like demons are annoying enough to the point where you'd be like, bitch, fucking fight me. And they'd be like, you want to go? And then you could like, you could brawl. I'm not saying that I'd win, but like I could fight it versus a ghost. They just fuck with you all the time. Yeah. And I can't like, I can't, can't do nothing. I can't come punt it. I can't do anything to a ghost. Like I can't do it. I can't twist his dick. Like, what am I supposed to do? Just be like, can you just fucking like, can you go away? Can you just. Like, I'm so sick of you, bro. That's I'm just all. trying to sleep kind That's of a thing. Like, I don't know. So there's there's my stance on the paranormal. All I'm right. very agnostic. I think that it's kind of like, I, I think that it fucking could happen. Like, it could be a million different things. Why can't ghosts exist? Who fucking knows? Like, it'd be really cool if they did. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm scared of ghosts because I would, I, I can't punch a ghost. It's easy. There you go, Sam. All right, then. Uh, now, Zach writes in and says, Prince or Michael Jackson? Josh, Prince or Michael Jackson? In, I, in what scenario? I have literally no idea. I imagine this is just a quick, like, preference question <laughs> yeah. kind of a deal. Like, um, I mean, I'm a fan of both. I I don't know that I can say, like, because they're kind of, it's, like, weird to say which one is better. I guess I'll go with Michael Jackson. I don't know. I'm, I'm also, like, I like them, but I'm also not one person who is, like, the biggest fan of either of them. I'm pretty neutral. I'm, like, good stuff. From both of them okay. but i guess michael jackson i don't know i yeah i i'm currently like i do not really like either of their music right, so then. i yeah i don't have a preference toward either i mean like i've watched surviving neverland and that like if true kind of freaks me out to the point where like i'm kind of glad i don't like michael jackson's music but like yeah yeah, I don't weird, know. Um, Michael Jackson can't took a say, weird turn at the end of his life there. Yeah, I can't say uh, if it happened or not, but I'm not really a fan of the music in in general of Michael Jackson. Prince, I mean, I, I liked that episode of New Girl that he was on. That is my entire, like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's literally, face. like, the only thing that I know about Prince. I know that he's a musician. I know he's on an episode of New Girl. Literally never listened to his music. Mm. Ever. So, there you go, Zach. Neither. <laughs> uh, Philip Renshaw, the Wombat Emperor of Australia, writes in and says, When playing 2D platformers with a controller, do you use the analog stick or the D-pad? Analog stick or D-pad? I will go with... Uh, depends. So, I okay. will normally default to the analog stick just because that's where I'm used to because... I play a lot of games and so I, I'm just used to using the stick, but certain games, if they really need it, because it's just very mechanically intensive from most 2D platformers, depending on what they are. Like a good example is Cyber Shadow, right? I played for the majority of Cyber Shadow with the control stick, the analog stick, until you got to a part where you had to dash and you have to basically like tap the, the forward or, you know, left or right quickly and doing it with an analog stick is just trash. It is so mm -hmm. awful and it just does not work. So I had to just, I was like, all right, well, we have to change it. And I had to change up and go straight to the D-pad because would not work otherwise. So I had to learn halfway through to control like, okay, go in here. But like, it doesn't matter. It just depends. Like I'll default usually to the analog stick, but there's certain games where you just, you can't use it. Yeah, I, uh, with 2D platformers, I often go, like, I, my default is actually the analog stick, and I play the majority of the, like, I'll play for a while with it, and then I realize that I'm doing it, and I'm like, I should use the D-pad. Yeah. Because I'm just garbage in general, but the D-pad is just so, is so much, much more, more precise, precise, typically, yeah. that I, I often, like, shoot for the D-pad. But mm -hmm. it... Like you said, it just depends on the game. Like I've I've played like uh, Chasm. I played through the majority of the game just using the analog stick. But then I got fucking annoyed and had to go with the D-pad because there are certain bosses in that game that are just pissing me off. Uh, so it just kind of depends on how like I would say grueling the actual thing is. Plus, I mean my fucking like 
my 360 controller that I use on my PC has a garbage-ass D-pad, but my Xbox One controller continually becomes unhooked for some reason from my PC. So, Because I don't have it like wireless. I just have right. a cable plugged into it. So That's it's got the better D-pad, but it fucking comes unplugged all the time somehow. It's always like disconnected. I'm like, how? <laughs> Where? The struggle. It's fucking dumb. Uh, Phil also writes in and says, Aaron... Ralston, maybe. I don't know. I had to cut off his own arm when it became pinned during a climbing expedition, uh, or he would have died of dehydration. Imagine if your manhood got pinned in a similar accident. Could you cut it off? Could you cut off your willy to save your life? One, that's assuming I'm well endowed enough for this to fucking happen, by the way. Like, good luck with that. Um, but it's a very small Josh. trap. <laughs> <laughs> this is like pinpoint accuracy. Honestly, <laughs> if if nature was accurate enough to hit my penis, yeah, like it's I basically mean, like have you ever seen Saw? Yeah, <laughs> it's basically the the headgear that they keep putting on people in Saw movies, but it's just on your junk. Yeah, if it was like if if nature in somehow was so accurate to actually get it, I feel like I need to give him that win, and I gotta do it. But otherwise, I feel like there's little to no reality in which it could actually clamp down. I'm a pee pee. I'm a pee pee. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I don't know that I could do that. I don't. One, I don't know that I could do it for anything. But also, to get rid of my manhood would be pretty tough i feel like that's one of the very sensitive areas of your body <laughs> and no i way. just i don't think i'd be able to stand it like i just brought up saw if i was in that movie pretty sure i'd die i don't think i'd be able to shove my yeah. hand in a vat of jar and pick out a key and then unlock the lock in time yeah he's like sure i I'd fucking die. put a key behind your eye bitch and now you're like your head's gonna be squished if you don't gouge out your own eye i'd be like i mean is it quick you can kill me quick? Yeah. And he's just like, I mean, yeah. And I'm like, cool. And just close it on myself. Yeah, I'd be like, well, <laughs> let's just fucking get this over with. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, like, <laughs> just sit down. He's like, wait, what are you doing? We're trying to play a game. And I'm just like, I'm We're getting fucking comfortable. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to play a game. <laughs> That's how I feel every time we get on the Cuphead stream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to play a game. Modern trying to play I'm a game. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to be fucking comfortable, bitch. So... <laughs> But uh, would I actually do it? I mean, all jokes aside, probably not. I would just fucking die. Like, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm not a survivor. Like that guy cut off his own fucking arm, bro. I've seen nice. 127 hours. That shit was crazy. He did get a robot arm though, which I think is really cool. Do I get a robot penis in this scenario? Maybe. Maybe. That'd be cool. Would they? I mean, would they create a robot penis? I don't know. I feel it's, like they just strap a dildo on your crotch. It. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's like, what's the... Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I mean, as my father-in-law has told me, okay, the G-spot is... for a man is in their b-hole. So, okay. who even needs manhood? Interesting. I was going to say, this is going to be a weird thing to transition <laughs> from. Oh, but one I was like, million percent. I was like, how, <laughs> how are you going to relate something you're father-in-law said <laughs> to using a strap-on instead of a robot penis 
he did it. He did it, folks. I do. Uh, there are some things that I can transition quite well. Yeah. And our last question for today is from Nerdy Bear Studios, and they write in and say, what is the best Easter egg slash pop culture reference you have seen in an indie game? Big Josh boy, what's the uh, what's the best one you think? So I don't know about pop culture reference, but I'll go for Easter egg um, if it's not the Firewatch thing that we talked about because that's, that's a pretty good that's one. That's a fucking good one. That's pretty uh, cool. I do like uh, the Stanley Parable if you play it. Um, the Stanley Parable is is a great game. First of all, it's very weird. I love the narrative uh, or the the narrator in general of you just taking actions and him describing what's happening in the game and you picking your own path there's one where if you like i think it's close to the end where you're going up this elevator and if you kind of wait in this one section for just long enough the door where you came from will open back up and you just walk backwards and you click a button and it turns into this like ridiculous like oh shit i just like smacked my mic the whole game is you kind of trying to like cheese the game in ways where you you do things and and get different endings but this one is so blatant it's like hilarious you press a button and all of a sudden it's just like secrets found cool textures blah blah, blah. and there's all like these lights flashing and it's like it's basically just this it's called like disco party or something i would look it up it's ridiculous it's such a silly one of the the like the little things that you can find in stanley parable that goes to such an extreme but i think it's great I mean, it's not necessarily like, I guess this would be more of like a pop culture reference, but just the entire game of Crossing Souls is like one gigantic, like 90s teen movie reference yeah. kind of a deal. Yeah. Like they've got like Stand By Me in there where you're running across the train tracks and almost get hit by the train. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, the, it, that's actually a major part of the narrative is just relation to that movie. Like they've come across a dead body. And then they have to like run from that train. So like, I would say, I think that uh, Crossing Souls does a really good job with like pop culture references within it. They've got like fucking Back to the Future references and shit. Like there's, yeah. there's so much in that game and it's actually built entirely around being a reference to 90s like nostalgia. So I appreciate that. I think that's really cool. When it comes to Easter eggs, dude, I have no idea. You think I'm good enough at games to find an Easter egg? No. Uh-uh. Not even in easy games. I don't find <laughs> Easter eggs. So, I mean, not an indie game, but I think the Doom Guy little dolls that you can find, those are pretty cool. Those are pretty cool. Those are cool collectibles. But uh, that answers the question. Thank you so much, everyone, for writing in. Once again, I'm going to run through the housekeeping before we end the episode. Please check out the... Uh, the Whoopo developer interview uh, going live one day after for patrons two days before for plebs. Check that out. It is Kunuist uh, and Perzik. Uh, the, the, them. Uh, on the developer interview for Whoopo. Josh is seemingly quite excited for everybody to listen to it. That I goes am. live Wednesday. Please listen to the developer interviews. They're awesome and he works hard on them. Plus, just in general, I love like listening to the devs talking about their lives in general. Like how exactly they got into game development is really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, please check out the IndiePod store over on Teespring for our t-shirts, stickers, and soon-to-be other stuff when I unfuck up things. Uh, please check out our YouTube channel, just IndiePod right now. Possibly something else later, but just IndiePod right now for the video episodes of this and other stuff that we put up there. 
uh, please check out or not check out. This is actually just leaving us reviews on any sort of listening platform that you can do so on, specifically iTunes, because through the grapevine, I've heard from multiple people, uh, including on these podcast episodes, that uh, it helps in some weird way. It's like it's magic. It's black magic. Somebody I don't help freaking us, please. Know. We don't know what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, dude. It's the fucking dark arts up in this bitch. You apparently sacrifice your time to the god that is iTunes, and it rewards us. You don't get anything, but we do. So that's cool. Thanks. And lastly, thank you so much to our patrons. We'll see Mix Matosis, a.k.a. Mix, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw, the Wombat Up of Australia, Chris Penwell. Freaking, he drinks so much tea. It's kind of like freaky, mm-hmm. honestly. A lot of bathroom trips. Like, I, yeah, dude. I like, I never see him pee. Like, in all the episodes of Go Beyond, he's never had to take a break. He's got a piss And he drinks so much tea. So, I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's he's got a pee tank. Maybe he, yeah, maybe he's got that pee jar, dude. Pee jar. Hmm. That's what he does. We got Josh Nichols, a.k.a. Active Josh. Thank you so much for that interview, by the way. Go over to RetroWare. Check out our interview that we did with Mr. Josh Nichols. I can't believe we didn't shout uh, that out, by the way. Um... But people should check that out because I thought it was so flippin' cool that we had so, like, first off, seeing my face in an actual article online as if, like, I'm anyone was so bewildering because you're just looking at it, you're like, what what am I doing there? But, like, <laughs> also, we shout out so many cool indie games and so much, like, I don't know, it was such a good collection of Josh doing a great job of curating all of the links to the games, links to podcast episodes, links to people that we had on as guests and talking about different episodes and things like that. And I was just like, this is such a great curation of like so many cool things in one article. Yeah, I I thought it was a great one too. So please head over to RetroWare, check out the interview that Josh Nichols, Active Josh, uh, did with us. Of course, check out Active Quest because it's absolutely awesome. And lastly, Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you so much for being patrons. You're all amazing. I'm going to give you them smoochies one day. But before that ever happens, we got to end this episode. So thanks, everyone, so much for watching my mush mouth talk and Josh's amazing kissable mouth uh, talk for the past two hours and 15 minutes. You're all amazing. If you would like to check us out outside of the podcast episodes, you should follow at IndiePod on Twitter specifically for like Indie Games News, our thoughts on Indie Games new deals and quick steals so we can't shout out on the episodes specifically because they go like it goes live fucking right after the sale ends or something like that just make sure to follow us at indie pod over on twitter you can follow me at hyde legion h-y-d-e-l-e-g-i-o-n for notifications of my twitch streams my dumb ramblings anything like that and please check out my twitch channel uh, twitch.tv slash hyde legion same thing uh, and of course check out the big josh boy you got at the underscore george 90 on twitter and uh the underscore george or twitch.tv slash the underscore george for his twitch channel Correct. that is it for this episode of indie pod and indie games podcast thanks everyone so much for listening and we will talk to you next week bye fam